I mean, it's starting that young is great because now it's like I, I can be that person that'd be like, oh, I've been in the industry for 50 years doing nothing <laughs> but props. And so, yeah. But also, you don't want to be that person. It's like, I've know, been doing this true. for 50 years. And, like, know. and you're 60? Wow. That's <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, my general experience is anybody that's got to be like, oh, I've been doing this for X amount of years. They're usually like assholes and or wrong. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Like, I've run into a lot of people like that where they're like, because I've been, been doing I'm this at for thirty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's that's fine. That's an achievement. But you aren't like yeah. going around being like, I've been doing this for thirty years. I know what I'm. You know, and yeah. it's like I've worked with production designers that did that. We're like, I've been doing this for twenty five years. And it's like you then you don't know your set decorator is salary. Then it yeah. sounds like you haven't been doing it. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I worked with a decorator once. It was like I worked. I I learned from these guys. I've been doing it since the forties. And I'm like, maybe you should try and meet somebody new because you're not doing it very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. Deep inside a picket line outside of Universal Studios in sunny Burbank, this is Failing Hollywood with your host Mikey Trudell and special guest. Mike Lumar, Lumer, Lumer. <laughs> and me, Grant Hyde, the guest with the, the jests. I, I would say co-host at this point. Co-host with the most hosts. <laughs> most host jests. Most host this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of worked. Yeah. I was like, ah, stretch. Is that the moistest hostest? Yes. Oh, I <laughs> the, like that, actually. It doesn't really rhyme, but it's very accurate. Very Listen, moist. Man, I'm, I'm pretty old. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I just stick to G-Money at this point. G-Money, right? mm. G, G Grant. You've been on this enough time that I think guest has passed you. Guest, yeah, I'm, I'm co-host. You've pretty sure. much been co-host in the last... I mean, actually, I, we were talking about it because the last two episodes were the first you 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 missed two back-to-back episodes yeah one i was sick one you were sick and then one you were working or your mom was in town your mom was in town i think yeah yeah yeah. so good reasons yeah but i think you were before that you were eight solid in a row yeah eight solid that's I get an award, right? Lucky letter, Letterman jacket. Yeah, you do. Um, and uh, I think you have to. Mike Loomer's back. Mike Loomer was on a while ago. I think when we were talking, we were close, Hi, fellas. I think last time you were here, we were talking about AI strike, possibly. Yes. Um, so that's back. You're back a second time. Um, now that there's a writer strike going on and stuff like that. So coincidentally. Like, coincidentally. <laughs> so anytime they're striking. Uh, uh, so you're still a guest. I think you, we've marked three times is when you become a, a I don't know. You, you just told me. Uh, oh, okay. I think on the third time you've become well, an official co-host. Then, I, then I'm an official co-host because this is three for me. Is this your third time yeah. here? Really? Yeah. Were oh. you on? You, you came on when it was Curtainland or... No, I think you guys had just moved in here. Into this one? Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Yep. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Thanks. Yeah. Glad to be here, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Golly jeepers. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Um, so I want to talk before we get too deep in. Um you are planning on putting up flyers. Yeah, I so because of the writer strikes, I've gone back to doing non union production design commercials and I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate dealing with like, clients. Yeah, yeah. I hate dealing with like last minute ideas. Like, oh, you know what would be really cool? And it's like, no, no, we don't have time for that. We don't have money for that. We don't, no. Have crew for that? We don't have crew for that. Like, <laughs> fortunately, like it's with Mattel and they're they're pretty chill. Um, but it's also, 
um, there's tons. It's Mattel. They're doing these like car match Hot Wheels car line with Disney. Yeah, you can't say Matchbox. You don't want to piss off Mattel. That's <laughs> actually Mattel owns both. I didn't. Realize. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah, I got to. I got Man. to. I got everything. <laughs> I got to go to the Mattel, um, uh, their like main building uh, oh. uh, over by Santa Monica, and it was pretty cool. You walk in there, and they got this two-story tall Hot Wheels track that like they have a bucket of cars that you can shoot down. And really? They do, they do loops and they launch it, and then on the other side, there's a giant life-sized Barbie car. What? That, that I think actually is a car, and like, and then the elevator goes. Is it up, electric? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really get a good look at it. But then the elevator going from in the lobby, going from the first floor to the second floor, looks like the Barbie elevator from the Playhouse. Oh, nice. and you know, there's a fireman pole somewhere. Field trip. The, there's field gotta be. trip. Field trip. <laughs> yeah. But it was really weird too because they're very like you know I had to sign all sorts of waivers oh, and sure. like you know NDAs and stuff. Yeah, which was like oh okay oh no I saw the the unreleased Spider-Man Doc Ock racetrack. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> Did you get some pictures for us to share on the interwebs? No, I, I wanted to. Their whole little workshop area was really cool. Like, oh. You could see they had just like shelves of all these opened sets that they had built. And then in the center was like this Frankenstein thing that like they were making. And then the guy who designs, like their head designer was the one who was like giving me tracks and stuff so I could right build the track that the cars race through and then it jumps over because it's disney marvel pixar and holy shit uh star wars damn okay but there's all these issues with like licensing and it's you it's, think <laughs> and none of the the pixar stuff can appear with the 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 star wars stuff and um the big issue we've been having is it has to be because the big racetracks all marvel so it has to be Marvel Comic Universe, but only franchises that have appeared in the cinematic universe, but we can only use references from the comics. And so it's just like this. It's just like, oh, my God. So I am ended up. Somebody else wrote this for you, right? And they're just like, here's the crap you can use. Or did you have to do all your own research on this? I'm, I'm kind of doing my own research. Good Lord, man. Yeah, Screw it's that. like $400 a day. And I'm like, I can make more as a, a prop assistant. Right. Like, <laughs> this blows. Yeah. With way less responsibility. No emails. Like, I was like, fuck. No emails. Well, when you're ready to organize that little commercial, you just give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... I was talking about you with this idea where we'd put up flyers and I wanted to test it around Glendale being like, you know, cause we have a phone number that we, we'd yeah. hardly ever use. Yeah. I mean, you've called it a I've few called times. It. Yeah. yeah called fun. It, yeah, you called it a handful of times. So he's trying to utilize the number a little bit more. He's like, let's have fun with this. Yeah. And get people to like call in with like, um, what I say? Like movie, movie quote contest. And it was like, give us your best movie impression from a movie win dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, which is, Maybe you should do because I have I have um, an American Horror Stories crew sh- sweatshirt from prop sweatshirt from last one that we can give away. So maybe you could put we could. prize and mm-hmm. I mean it's a small so whoever wins it probably. <laughs> I, just I, gotta thought, deal with I, honestly, I got like a 3X uh, um, <laughs> Dear White People sweatshirt you can have, too. <laughs> See, there we go. See, we, we could just we hand out crew, crew shirts. <laughs> I have this. I have a sweatshirt from the worst union experience I've ever had called um, Purple Heart, a Netflix movie that, God, it made me. It's the yeah. last movie I worked on. I fucking hated it. Yeah. Could and win crew memorabilia. <laughs> maybe don't put Purple Heart. Yeah. <laughs> maybe just put prizes. Like, could win a 
surprise. Like it just sounded like more work. Like we, I figured we just get some cranks or something like that. Maybe something funny. I don't know. Yeah, I just wanted to try it and see he, what would he happen. He did this. He did this handwritten one though, and he texted me. He's like, "How's this?" He's like, "We probably get more if we make a graphic." So I think I, I printed off a bunch of the handwritten. Oh, ones. you did? I just haven't gone out at night and stuck them on. I'm gonna do. A, I'm, I'm still gonna do a graphic. <laughs> I need to do one that's gonna look decent in black and white, so we can print it on regular paper though. And yeah, put it up. you gotta you gotta put them by the strike lines and get the writers. That you probably get some funny punch ups on that. Oh yeah, you probably would. I've yeah. seen some good signs where um, online somebody had a sign that said. Uh, um, like given to our demands essentially or i'm going to reveal the ending of succession yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was like oh that's a good threat yeah <laughs> yeah the um i think it, what is it it says like oh give your best movie impression or something yeah, like that yeah something like that yeah so i'm, I'm I, hollywood definitely we would need like i think around like glendale and the americana too but i think we need to effort, like i would go down for a day to plaster them on Hollywood Boulevard because if you get like the tourist crowd too, I think that's like your main. So because tourists come in, they're like, Oh, that's a Hollywood thing. Like we could win a Hollywood prize. Yeah. yeah. That'd be real sweet. We'll take it back to Texas. (laughs) Especially if you put the podcast on there, we'll get listeners and funny content. Exactly. (laughs) That's, that's, I mean, that's the main point. But I just wanted to try it out and see if it worked. Cause I, I saw, um, actually I got the idea from, it was a news article from Australia, and some guy had broken up with his girlfriend, and it was like a messy breakup. And then he essentially did the same thing, like it was a radio contest, but put her phone number, and it said, "Give me your best Chewbacca impressions." And it was, it was her in tears, being like, "I've had to change my phone number three times." And this is, and then she's like playing the messages. It's just like, "Hey," oh. and I was like, "That's hilarious." <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to be that specific of Chewbacca, but yeah, I think just movie, movie quotes. Impre- yeah, movie, yeah, movie quotes and impressions. Yeah. I think we should put that. Just movie quotes and impressions. Yeah, go for it. Uh, it maybe something that's like the more obscure the better like i don't want like a hundred christopher walkins or arnold schwarzeneggers you know what i mean like yeah the go-to's <laughs> yeah the job or i don't want to get like 800 of those but we might not even get any callers for it so that's why i want to do all a right. test all right for it. we'll do, do a, a base yeah yeah fair see. we can fine tune if it yeah, works yeah <laughs> speaking of schwarzenegger have you seen that tiktok dude that's he's doing the like deep fakes where he puts schwarzenegger on other characters and oh, movies yeah no oh my god i can't he, remember his he, name he puts uh he uh, deep fakes him on uh, Rose from Titanic, yep. and then they also do the voice too. So he's like, "Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls." Yes, yeah, he's uh, uh, it's amazing, it's amazing. Let me yeah. find him on the old. Uh... Oh, here, this is this. Yeah, this is it. Hold on. Oh, is this the guy Joe Goudet or whatever? I don't no. know. That's Brian Monarch. That's the dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me click on the thing. Yeah, I've actually... yeah, don't don't give this Claude uh, this guy's uh, this guy's uh, juice here. It's Brian Monarch is the, the he's, yeah he's done a bunch of these and he's, he's been doing more where okay. it's like a Schwarzenegger and um, uh, Sylvester Stallone and he's using like put deep faking them on different characters in the same scene and yep yeah there's, there's Arnold in Misery ones. Arnold in Superbad <laughs> Arnold Sound of Music Misery that'd be a pretty good one. <laughs> Ooh, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> okay, let me see. Um, all right, which one's a good one? The Titanic one. You yeah, said? that's a classic yeah. one. 
Log in to TikTok. This is a very rare diamond. <laughs> <laughs> they put his Jagger face wanted to draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing this. Wearing only this. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I need is another picture of me looking like a porcelain doll. <laughs> As a paying customer, I expect to get what I want. <laughs> is that a prop fail with a 1981 dime? Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, might be. Nice. I don't know. I feel like James Cameron's. He's pretty, pretty on his props, right? James Cameron? Yeah, I mean, I would say, but I don't know. Maybe not. Then what is this? He is exactly like you in every way. Except one eighth your size. <laughs> he looks like Danny DeVito. <laughs> I shall call him. Mini me. <laughs> Come over here, Mr. Bigglesworth. Mini me. Did he change him hungry? to look like Jason Statham? He <laughs> might have. Make it a hot pocket. In ego. Now we don't. Now we don't gnaw on a kitty. Leave Mr. Big. No. Leave Mini Mr. Bigglesworth alone. Just look at him. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> As you know. Every diabolical scheme that I have hatched has been thwarted by Austin Powers. Because he never killed him when he got the chance to in your Don't don't do it. You little bastard, don't do it. Come on. <laughs> Actually I um so I've been I've been working on all these little like things for this this Hot Wheels racetrack. So I've been watching a lot of like movies where I'm like I can put this on, I won't have to pay attention. And I just watched Raw Deal with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Never seen it before. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's very formulaic Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he like used to work for the the CIA or the FBI or something like that, and then the FBI director's son gets murdered, and so he has Arnold Schwarzenegger has to fake his own death, come out of retirement, and then wait, does he save the world? No, he just kills the mob guys. <laughs> okay, good, that's fine. It's a raw deal. Oh, yeah. But it's got um uh Darren Darren McGavin from uh uh the dad from uh Christmas story. Oh right. He plays the CIA here he plays the FBI director. At, this is this is a new movie or no, it's like oh. eighty something. What's it called? Uh it's called Raw Deal. Yeah, because I did a whole day where I just watched Raw Deal. Conan the Barbarian, and then Conan the Destroyer. I bet you there's an Uzi in it. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, hey, there it is. <laughs> yep, there it is. Schwarzenegger, 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 raw deal. Look at my arms. Look at this gun. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, 1986, it looks like. Yeah. So. He has to play this, like, go undercover as a mob guy. So he's, like, wearing these suits, and he's got his hair slicked back, which is not a good look for him. Okay, okay no. sure. Because he's always just like swimming in these suits because they're 80s suits and he's like, he's a big, you know, big arms, big chest guy. Yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> but it, it, it looks weird in a suit. Yeah. Unless you got like a really tight fitted suit. Like, like a modern suit? Yeah. yeah. An 80s suit, it looks like he's, he's, um, like with the shoulder pads. Yep. Yeah, it looks like he's, um, um, 
what's his name? The guy from the Talking Heads when he did that uh, I thing wanna, where he's wearing like the giant suits. I kind of just want to Google now like bodybuilders in suits and see what comes up. <laughs> bodybuilders they, 80s suits. <laughs> let's just let's just put bodybuilders in suits first. It just says bodybuilders in suits funny. <laughs> Yeah, see, it just it, it, it looks, looks uncomfortable. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, they like because you got to have all this fabric and like. I mean, they look okay if it's like a form-fitted like like sh- dress shirt. Yeah, that looks dress fine. shirt looks fine. But then you put them in a suit, and it's like it kind of looks comical a little this... bit. Yeah, you have this. If you have that, like, that, that that neck muscles going on. Yeah, like no suit is built for those neck muscles. <laughs> no, they look like bad guys in sixteen-bit video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the dude like? Remember that that arcade, that Simpsons arcade game, where that was like the the oh, single screen, yeah, yeah, like a scrolling single screen. Yeah, yeah. Where you had like you had one of these guys that like was one of the bosses, and then That's he like it rips feels the like. suit off. Yeah, he like then, <laughs> yeah, he's up, wearing like the wrestling up and at them. Yeah, pretty much. It really looks like at any point, like they're just ready to rip the suit off. Yeah, like I don't know, Lou Ferrigno's coming to mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, like yeah, this so, could also be a sleeping bag for four ten-year-olds. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> so, what's your review on Raw Deal then? I gave it like two and a half on Letterbox. Oh, really? It was like pretty formulaic. Um, but yeah, I've been watching a lot of like, like I've been doing theme days too. Like I watched Dante's Peak and oh. Volcano in the same day. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Which like, I don't know. I remember those being really cool movies as Chris, a kid. Chris, uh, Chris Call, uh, my. My co-host on Prop Talk. Yeah, yeah. He worked on Volcano. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was funny because, like, I mean, it's kind of a cool concept. Like, you know, a volcano erupts in downtown LA. But, like, all I could think was, like, Tommy Lee Jones is fighting a volcano. And then they kept trying to shoehorn in this concept that, like, there's all this racial diversity and, like, racial strife. But the volcano brings everyone together. So all I could think of was like Tommy Lee Jones fights a volcano. The volcano fights racism. (laughs) There's even a point where everyone's covered in ash and like, um, uh, uh, what's his, um, uh, uh, the black actor. He's been in tons of Kevin. I forget what his name is. Um, but he's like holding this like little boy and, uh, um, Don Cheadle. No, not Don Gino. Keith David. Keith David. That's I never remember his name. I love Keith David. But like he plays a cop and he's holding this little white boy and he's always, he goes, Let's find your mom. Where's your mom? What does she look like? And then the kid's looking around and everyone's covered in ash. She goes, Everyone looks the same. And everyone's like smiling and starts holding hands. And I'm like, is this a Pepsi commercial? Aww. And then somebody breaks out some marshmallows yeah. and they roast them I over know. the lava. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But they keep doing all this like racial stuff, and it's like the volcanoes ending racism, one, one building at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, well, volcano. Talk about silver linings. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And also, something I noticed was in all these in uh, Dante's Peak and uh, Volcano, they have to have somebody melt, which is like I love it, but like the grandma in Dante's Peak, she jumps over the boat in the lake well, yeah. of acid. Like <laughs> anything like this that became a standard after uh, Indiana Jones did it. Right. So yeah. once they did that, they're like, well, got to have somebody melt in everything now. <laughs> and then in uh, Volcano, there's like this like um, uh, fat, bald guy, and he's... Why you got to make fun of me? I'm sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> right here. No, he's, he's spending a bunch of stuff, too, but like he's on this train, the subway train. And John like, Carroll Lynch? Maybe. Um, this guy? No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, John Carroll Lynch. He looks a little different in that picture, but yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, he usually yeah. plays the villain. Yeah, and uh-huh. he, he plays an asshole guy who keeps the subway trains open, and then a subway train breaks down, and then volcan- lava's coming through the subway, and he gets there in time with his guys, and they get everyone off the train, and he's got the conductor, and lava's like already past the subway train and he's like and they're like save your staff and he goes no (laughs) and then he jumps into the lava and then throws the conductor past the lava and then the whole time it looks like almost like terminator 2 where he's like sinking into the lava he's like (laughs) (laughs) and it's like oh he redeemed himself we bought like six of these meltable wax guys for that one (laughs) we gotta use them guys come on they were really expensive (laughs) yeah I imagine getting the media like, how are we going to do this? Like, I don't know. Let's just buy a handful of mannequins. <laughs> no, it, it looked Figure like it out. looked like he was just lowering into CG or something like that. I mean, that's but, probably what happened. Yeah, nineteen ninety seven CG. <laughs> <laughs> My Amiga Video Toaster. I made that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Loomer, you've been you've been manning the uh, the lines. Yeah, I've been out for the, a few days the now. Writers Guild lines. Yeah. Just to remind everybody at home, um, you're a 44 representative. I am. I represent uh, uh, the property personnel, which is uh, set dressers, greens, floor covers, uh, drapery, Drapers. sewing people. And you and know. you're not allowed to carry Buyers. Uh, an IETSI sign, right? Correct. Correct. Yep. But you can carry signs, right? I can carry signs, so I just grab a WGA sign when I'm there. Do they just and, have uh, like... A wheelbarrow of them that you can just yeah, pull pretty from? much, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And I, I try to go through them to find something funny because you know I'm not a writer, so uh, I, I leave that to the professionals. And then I find one that I like, and then I carry that one around for a little while. I got a blank one today, so I'm gonna I'm gonna fill that one out myself. Ooh. But, uh, we got a, all of my uh, my giant sharpies are in my kit, which is in storage and has been for months. But uh, yeah, so I got to get one of those, and then I will. What's your take on the strike so far? Listen, man, um, like. They're fighting for a good cause, and they're fighting for all of us. Agreed. Yeah, um, and it's uh, it is, it is going to hurt. I, I, I'm afraid. I'm I'm afraid that it is going to hurt. And you know, the producers have uh, they've played a, you know, smart been, game on their prepare, end. They've been preparing for this for months, and we've all felt it up yeah. to this point. So I think like uh, that was a, sm- a smart thing for them to do. But they're like, let's starve them out before it even starts, um, which. They did start to do, yeah. and they. I, I I wonder in a way is it went through. Remember, like three or four months ago, mm-hmm. when um, all the big streaming networks completely just purged, and they like like uh, well, Bob Egger came in and then cut like twenty five percent of his staff and oh, yeah. cut down on streaming. Netflix said, "Oh, we're gonna cut down on half of streaming of what we've been putting into well, they there." Were, they were buckling up for a strike already. Oh yeah. I don't I like they didn't make it seem like that was the reasoning, but I think that had a great hand going into it because it it was abrupt and they, they did all this stuff and they blamed streaming at a point, but I feel like that wouldn't have happened if there wasn't a writer strike looming, like, oh, we're about to go into negotiations. It seems very, very likely yeah. that we're going to get into this thing. So they just purged all that. They yeah. buckled up on projects. They stopped the line and, and producing stuff. Like, work dried up months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've had six union days this year. Mm-hmm. Six and, union days. How mm-hmm. much? How much of 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 forty four is working right now? Less than fifty percent. Less than fifty percent. And that's less than fifty percent of people that have notified us of their work status. Right. You Which know, yeah, we're seeing is like. <laughs> 
and, and I the 44 website's under construction. It's supposed to be easier to do that pretty soon. It's That's coming. What we say the thing. It is coming. I, I, I know it's under construction because I tried to sign on every once in a while, and it's it gets very glitchy. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see that it's in the works. Yeah, man, I, I am so excited about the things that are coming with uh, with 44 and our website and our app and our our in-house computer system where you know if you if you paid your dues online before mm-hmm. it went into one account and that generated an email that went to one person that person had to print a page and take it over to the business office and that business right. office person had to then type it into the computer yeah and then they would have to mail you your card mm-hmm. and it's like, why couldn't that be a one-step computer process? Well, it's going to be now. Yeah. And it's going to streamline the office. It's going to streamline things. We already have a, a new um, credit card system online where you will no longer have to use PayPal to pay your dues or buy swag or whatever you're going to do to to pay union stuff. It's all yeah. through a, a regular app or a regular processor now. I mean, honestly, it's the only reason I have PayPal. I hate using PayPal. Yeah. The only reason I have it is to pay my union dues. Congratulations, you no longer have to do that. <laughs> Welcome to the 21st century. I still got to go down to the office and get my um, uh, my shirt. Well, you'll, you'll probably have some downtime to do that here in the next couple months. <laughs> it sounds like it. Um, one thing I was going to say is, because we, we have a segment every once in a while, because one tool that we have um, that a lot of people in the outside world don't know about, and we don't have to sign NDA, so we don't give a fuck, is the current show list. Correct. Um, so we, I mean, we haven't done it in mm-hmm. a long time. Freddie likes to go through these, and like we have to like to talk about, oh, look what's coming. Like, you don't oh. know this, but we know. Do so you ever go on this and, and look at this? No. So I, I know of it, but I've never... It's. I think it's because they're formatting it, because it doesn't usually look like this. Usually it's a thin line <laughs> where you yeah. can see all this stuff. And uh, now it's like boxes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it used to be thin lines, right? Yep. And then yep. But now it's like boxes. But these aren't shows that are actually running right now. Yes, they are. Yeah, these are current shows. These are usually current shows or some of them. I liked the other way before. I'm sure it's still getting fine-tuned. But um, it used to be thin lines and then you would see uh, either whether it's uh, in production or in development yeah. like there's stuff like it's like development yeah. pre-production uh production and stuff like that but this list uh used to be i mean right oh, now yeah. it's three pages it would be like 40 pages yeah and, and half of these are reality shows aren't they yeah yes <laughs> reality or singing uh mayans mc they are they are rapping um, they're done shooting. Yeah, so that, that's a, a lot of the shows you see because yep. I think that's a big thing right now. Like a lot of the friends that I've talked to that are still working, like Matt Sustridge and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we were talking to the other day. Um, like they're like, oh, "Are you working? Yeah, but we're literally just patching up a show right now. And yep. That's it. It's like <laughs> yeah, that's uh, hacks uh, announced that they were going. They're down. going down now. Yep. Yeah, hacks is going uh, down. Who else what is we it? got there? Shark Tank, uh, that's reality. Yeah. Good Big. Trouble is shooting here in Santa Clarita. Um, I was on that line this morning. Isn't Station 19 going down too? Or? Uh, I think so, but I'm not positive. Big Brother, Boys, these are all. I have a friend that's on that. I could ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go to another page and see. Yeah, because this was, this was interesting. So the first day of the strike was um, my last union day, I, uh, the most recent union day I've gotten, and I was on a Bloomhouse feature that was... Barf. Blumhouse or Blumhouse, yeah, that was that was rapping. It was about a, um, I was doing set dressing. That's how like I 
I need work. You know, I need union hours. You know, Whoa, what is the Michael? Sorry, what is the Michael Malley project? Uh, it's on hold. I can tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just all about the incarnation of guts, <laughs> of global guts. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry, you can. Continue. Oh no. Um. Um. I don't know. Is Quantum Leap down? I don't know. I heard that's a rough show. Uh, I was on uh, Paramount last week, and there are zero shows left on Paramount. Really? There was Frasier, and the movie that I was on was uh, The Thunderman's Return. Mm-hmm. And um, Is that those, the Nickelodeon show? Yeah. Okay. They made a, apparently, when they put that on Netflix, it went bonkers. And so they made a movie out of it. And so Kids it was, love that shit. It was, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there for the shooting. I was just on Swing Gang. But man, it was... Uh, it was nuts to see what they had done for that, and it was fun. It was fun, but yeah, um, it was us and and the Frasier reboot on Paramount, and they we ended within a day of each other, and and now we're all off. So there was nothing else. There was a yeah. like a um, not Vogue, but some other you know fancy clothing line doing something in the in the big pool, but they were it was like an, a live event, not a sh- commercial or a shoot or anything. Hmm. So are you in are you in town right now just to run the picket lines since there's no work and you live in South Dakota? Yeah. Well, so I came back for some work. Um, I came to start that Thunderman's movie. Oh. And yeah. on my way down, or you know, a week before I came home or came back down, um, my lead man called and said, "Hey, man, so uh, we just got offered a movie that's going to be full rate. Um, it's going to." You know, kind of run is that, that Keith. Is Keith it is Keith. Keith. Yeah. Keith's friend of the show. He's been on the podcast yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and Keith and I went to to college together, so we've been working together for quite a bit. But uh, he called me, and and we ended up taking a movie over the Thundermans, a full rate movie, and then uh, that fell apart. Okay. While I was driving here, oh. <laughs> uh, from South Dakota. So uh, I had. But to you're come like, down for, let's just continue. <laughs> well, I had to come down for union meetings. You know, right. we had our general membership and stuff too. So I came down for that, mm-hmm. and then um, we uh, we had something else that was lining up, and then fell apart. And then um, uh, Keith went in to assist the lead man on the Thundermans, and then he had uh, an emergency or something, and he had to leave. So Keith took it over, and I just came in to to help wrap it up. You know, you know, they're trying to get everything done before the strike hit, you know, get all the rentals off returns and stuff. And so I, I helped him with that. But, um, yeah, and now we're supposed to start something, another low-budget Bloom house. I refuse to say it correctly. Um, Blum. I, I, Bloom. Yeah, I, I always thought it He's was like, Bloom I like house. the Bloom house. <laughs> yeah. So what, what what's the rules then? Uh as like what, what can we work on right now? You, you can work on anything you want. We just – it's not – uh, morally correct to cross a picket line. That's that a decision for you to make. Yeah. Now the the rules of the IA is that we have a standing contract to make a show, but you as an individual have the individual right to say I'm not going to cross a picket line. Can we be penalized from that from the studio though? You cannot. We cannot. You cannot. Mm-mm. Yep. That's a federal law. So the the way that would work is that if you refuse you know, your services because of the strike line, refuse to cross a strike line. If there's a job available for you when the strike ends, they must hire you back in that position. Right. Because of the nature of our industry, that's probably all those movies are probably going to be done by the time we're coming back. But it's not like they can give you a no hire letter or anything like that. And I've seen because, I mean, it's it's just like, honestly, if standing, 
standing together like mentality is like nobody crosses the picket line. Most uh, you hardly see anybody in AI that will cross the picket line or in the Teamsters, and that's just like a well, general standard. So I I have been seeing, which is like crazy to me, is like production knows that and they understand yeah. it. Like they're not penalizing anybody for that, but what they're doing is they're like, all right, let's like wait to get transportation to move vehicles and stuff like that mm-hmm. till the most inconvenient times Middle where they're the night, not. So they'll do three o'clock in the morning. In the morning. Yeah. Like they'll wait and they'll have somebody outside with a radio yep. and wait until the picketers go home and they're like, all right, they're clear. Move, move, move. And then they'll start going solely. So they don't have to cross a picket line. Yeah. Well, um, from what I understand is, uh, Transpo is not allowed to cross a picket. Correct. Line. They are different from the IOTSI. They have a different yeah. rule, so they they, they got those will mob roots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they will not cross a picket line. But something that would be really beneficial um, to all those shows that are still running, if you want to stand strong with with the local, um, you can email your your uh, it's call sheets anonymously, obviously, to uh, tips at wga Send your uh, call sheets over there. They will be confidential, but that will help. Uh, that will help the WGA know where to send their picketers can and we, at what times. Can we put that link in the bio or something, or uh, for the episode? Yeah, I mean, make it easy to find. somebody needs to write it down somewhere. Well, he said it, so I as mean, lo- it's in the ether now. Yeah. <laughs> um, as long as it's there. <laughs> so I had kind of an interesting day, the first day of the strike, because mm-hmm. I was wrapping that um, Bloom House movie. Um, about a haunted swimming pool, like, and I could not let it go the whole time. I was oh, that's just, called the Gremlins. No, no, the whole time I was like, well, "Is it the whole pool? Or is it just a filter?" Like, <laughs> I'm just curious. I don't understand. But um, we were uh, they're holding their uh, uh, lockup was the uh, CBS Radford. Yeah, and so my last day of working was at Radford on the first day of the picket, mm-hmm. and it was kind of interesting because like. Half of the people, you know, like I'm only working with set dressers and it was the last day. So they had like 10 set dressers on and half of them were like really worried about being seen working. Yeah. You know, and like I'm going to say this right off the bat. I'm 100 percent for WGA. I hope they get everything they want. That can only help all of us farther down the road. But like I was kind of disappointed in how it went on the first day because they didn't roll in until like 1 p.m. Yeah, I think so. We were already having trucks come in and out. They did that on purpose. The I, first I think day. they did. I think did they, they? did that on yeah, purpose. No, they did for that fact exactly. Is they but, didn't want people to, they didn't want to stop people from going into the first day. So they wanted them to come in and kind of finish out when they kind of got wind to do it. Yeah. And like yep. prepare for what was to come. Well, you know what I mean? You don't want to leave. <laughs> sure. No, yeah. I, I get that. But then, um, so our truck drove onto the lot. Mm-hmm. We were unloading, you know, a bunch of like trying to sort assets and, you know, donations and all that sort of shit as you do. Yeah. And um, uh, we were towards the the back gate over the bridge, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like that was like you could barely make out the people, you know, and like some of the forty four guys were so worried about it, they were like putting up the hoods on their hoodies and putting on sunglasses so they couldn't be seen and like. You know, I, I get that mentality, but also at the same time, I'm like, I've worked six union days this year. I'm like, I'm not going. To, I'm <laughs> yeah. not sorry. I'm working. It, it I is. I need these for my health insurance. Yeah, I mean, it is a it is a tough spot for us to be in because yeah. I'm I'm in the same boat. You know, I've I've worked nine days since Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. and 
it's uh, it, it is a it is a tactic that the producers use to starve us. Now they want us to hurt now, and they want all of us to hurt now, yeah. so that we will will it, it helps break us apart, mm-hmm. so that we don't stand with the WGA. And and I'll be honest, I I this morning when I was on that picket line, I saw something that I, it, it was disturbing. It was a, a friend of mine who was on the show, who I've worked with before and I have a lot of respect for. And that person was just given the the writer on that picket line the business about how how dare you try to take food out of our mouths. And and that person just couldn't grasp that well, it's not the writer's they're next. Yeah. And and in this person's case, that person is a DGA member. And uh, by next, I mean freaking today. Mm-hmm. Today, the day today, we're ta- yeah. the taping this they were taping, podcast yeah. <laughs> is the first day of their negotiations. Oh, it is. So I know it's. I know they're. They, they have to sign the deal next month, which I'm kind of interested to see what's their, what they're going right. to do. I don't think they're going to stand with the, the writers. There's, Let's hope well, they there's, do. There's, I hope they do. There's word... I mean, a lot of the things I've been reading is there's almost a lined-out deal already for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's already agreements that they've already kind of made. <laughs> I have a, a... I don't know. I don't know how that's going to turn. I but, don't know either, and I and I haven't heard that, but it... I, I, I really hope that the rank-and-file members that make these shows that work for these mega mm-hmm. corporations will stand together because once they break one of us, they've broken us all. Yeah. And I mean, we've all been breaking our bodies for this, you know, me oh, for yeah. 22 years and you guys for a lot less, but. Well, you don't need to like, like... <laughs> I'm an old man. I, I started this, you know, Loomer, when I was Loomer, 20. You're, you're, you're still a set dresser though. There's a reason like very yeah. early in our careers, yeah. we were like, you know what? This props thing sounds pretty cool. I always like I always yeah. like the phrase, I'd rather move the book than the bookshelf. Yeah. It's true, and I'm I'm a uh, I'm an onset dresser, so I move the bookshelf by myself, and it's yeah. full I, I know. with yeah. seventy people watching, going, "Why is this taking so long?" I, yeah. I never. We got to bring Loomer on more jobs oh. and just hang out with us. He's only you. If you only got three point four or whatever, whatever you said back in your knees, yeah, yeah you got to really start coming. I allow my 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 assistants, my assistant prop people, to sit on the job too. Oh. So. <laughs> I I yes. bring my own chair yeah. now. It's like my my onset kit consists of a broom, a vacuum, and a chair at this point, plus my six required tools, of course. But uh, no, it's it's more than that. But yeah. yeah, it's it's um yeah, I'm feeling it. You know, do you want to do some prop jobs? If I hit you up for a prop Heck job, yes, you? I'll all right, do a prop cool. job. Yeah, I'll bring you on to. I mean, if we ever if I ever get a show again, yeah, then I'll, I'll definitely bring you on. someday. That's the most disheartening <laughs> thing about it. I think as a department head, uh, is like. I mean, right now it's a weird situation because I have family leave, so I have yeah. some money coming in. Mm-hmm. But like watching my crew, like it hurts me that I can't like bring Grant on or, or like yeah. or like Stephen or Brooks and stuff. You don't and have to it. say that because I'm just because I'm sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like it 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 kind of sucks <laughs> yeah. that it's just like oh like these are. Like I'm not saying that they rely on me, but they prefer to work for me. At yeah. least that's what they tell me to my face. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I will tell you that to your face for as long as you're going to hire me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, it's like you like to keep your crew together. You like to keep the people that you right. like the most that work well with you. Right. When you found the cohesion, you just you, you try and keep the band together. As you, long yeah. As you can. Yeah, the, that that just love to work together, and that's mm-hmm. I mean. Um, so when there's just not work there, it's like, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like double stressful for 
prop masters because you also have that big trailer that's just sitting there, not making you any money. It's mm-hmm. sitting there. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's sitting there. And I mean, by the time it comes, I'm coordinating with ISS. By the way, and it's, you better come to this. We're, um, me and Teresa are organizing something that's coming up by the time it probably will be a week or two after this podcast release. We're doing um, a Prop Masters Guild sponsored event. Okay. Um, but all 44 property people are welcome. Um, we're going to call it, and this is straight from me and Teresa's mind, okay. the Liftgate Tailgate. Since okay. all these trailers are chilling at ISS, yeah, we're like, yeah. why don't we just have a tailgate party where like we can just set up a tent at the end of the tailgate, bring portable barbecues I'm and, totally and just yeah, yeah, and yeah. just grill, like bring your families, your entire prop crews, and yeah. every prop master mm-hmm. there can do that. And like you can have like anybody's welcome to come. If you don't have a trailer, bring a tent. Yeah. You know, do that, set up all in the parking lot, and then open it to people to walk through and like see everybody's trailer. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. like even for assistance, like it's like, all right, we're gonna get the invitation to all the prop masters so they can open up. Invite your whole crews and allow your crews to walk around and yeah. and you everybody's opening up like it's like it's a social event. Yeah. So if you could just like at some point I encourage like everybody to just take a lap around and just stop at every trailer. Take contacts, get people, get prop masters phone numbers. You can get mm-hmm. every prop master not working right now in the industry. This is like more than 50% are not working right now. So you will probably yeah. get some of the biggest, some of the biggest prop masters I know in the entire industry. Like the guy who did Avatar and and Obi-Wan is not working right now. His trailer is sitting at ISS right now. Is he so, parked next to you? He's not parking it. He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. So he was he was pretty funny when we met him. Yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> and I, I've been watching Obi Wan too, and I saw the oh, did you? Because he was able to get into Obi Wan as like a dead pilot, and they have like a slow zoom out of his well, face. They, they gave him the option. The director so was lucky. like, "Do you yeah. want to be? Do you want to be a dead Jedi or a dead pilot?" And he was like, "Which one gets featured or something yeah, like yeah. that?" And they were like, "Well, I, we were thinking about starting with the dead pilot." He goes, "I'll do the dead pilot." Yeah, <laughs> I think if he was a dead, he, but he would have got a speaking line if he wasn't. But the the dead oh. pilot. The, dead pilot got like longer like tracking shots i was like yeah dude i'd have have taken that speaking line that's some money oh yeah totally (laughs) well here's the thing with that though is they can only they can only list you for one thing at a time yes yeah i've had to play that game too with the the times that i've been thrown on camera it's like you get to choose which one you're gonna be are you gonna be the set dresser today are you gonna be the actor today but But, and, and even even the speaking line actor one i think with because I think you're foregoing a lot of stuff when you're giving up the prop master credit too for the day too. Because you have to give that to somebody else. It was a complicated thing. He oh, thought you about have it. To give it up. You, yeah, there needs to be a prop master on set. Right, it's part and, of and, our because it's union. They have to follow. Yes, exactly. I, I've, I've done a lot of like cameos and like non-union stuff. I worked on. I even did. Um, uh, it was an uh, uh, um, Netflix uh, uh, crime documentary called Innocent Man, based oh, on the, okay. the Frank Gorshin. Frank. What was his name? Never mind. I don't know. Uh, based on like this this novelist about this like people that were wrongfully accused in this murder in the 1980s, and um, it was a two man prop team, and me and the prop master were just doing the the recreation stuff, um, and we were shooting these overnights for it, and they had this uh, 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 actor that was supposed to play a cop, and they're in, the cop and two cops and a detective are investigating this burned out building where you know, some evidence was destroyed or something like that. And one of the, the guys they had to play the, no talking roles, but one of the guys that was supposed to play the, the cop didn't show up. 
and it's like you know middle of the night and they're like well we got to find someone that's like over six feet <laughs> and, and the prop master was like oh i got somebody so like i'm on the truck like trying to get stuff ready and i just hear uh hey grant uh, uh you know matt for grant and i was like go for grant and he's like uh, we need you on set right away i'm like oh fuck so i'm like racing over there you know we're shooting out in the woods you know and i get over there i'm like what is it he goes how tall are you i'm like six three he goes all right yeah grant will do it and i'm like do do what and so like i'm in like three scenes as a cop and uh the whole time like me and the the pas we kept joking around that i was like prop cop yeah i had this whole idea for a show where like every time like whatever crime i'm investigating (laughs) no matter what how the show what happens in the show at the end of each episode i'm like prop cop and then a bunch of squibs go off and (laughs) And that and then i was funny enough i did a job um one of the few jobs i did this year ran into a pa he goes prop cop and i was like oh you were on that (laughs) I, i forgot about that that was a long time ago yeah so I mean he'll probably be there, but that's what I'm saying. They're yeah. you're gonna have some of the probably the biggest prop masters and their entire crews. So I think it's like I I'm hoping it's gonna be like the mother of mother networking events because yeah. it's I mean it, it as much as I don't want it to be like a, the union meetings and stuff like that. Like it's hard to get people to because there mm-hmm. there is a boring aspect to it at some point. And I love going to the union meetings, but there is a time where your ass is starting to hurt and you see the amount of people in line asking questions. You're like, how long am I going to sit here yeah. to hear this? Because a lot of a lot of these a lot of them aren't even questions or statements. And I wish it was more question driven and it was more stuff like that. It's just like da 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 da. This it, it was kind of exciting when I thought a fight was going to break out <laughs> during, <laughs> during the Q and A. Oh my <laughs> and god! Our, our you know. Five foot two um, sergeant at arms oh, yeah. who stood <laughs> yeah. stood in line yeah. Yeah. to tackle yeah. that respect big construction respect you know, construction yeah. guy respect. that was just like yeah. But that's what I'm saying. There's an aspect to this, but I think like this is something that's bring. It's like here you want to do something because it's not just for us what we're doing but it's just like hey this is a prop barbecue like you want to do something for your crew so i feel like yeah as a prop master if you're like oh this is an opportunity to like get your crew together and have a barbecue for them Mm -hmm. like invite them to the back of your trailer but then everybody else will too i feel like that's gonna hopefully generate more people that are interested in it because it's not just like uh let's listen it's not a political thing it's not it's like let's get as many of these people who don't normally even talk to each other because everybody's in their own little bubbles, mm-hmm. certain worlds, still have your bubble, yeah. build it behind your truck and stuff like that, but you're encouraged to walk around. Prop masters don't talk to other prop masters other than the Prop Masters Guild now. Yeah. But if you promise, we're encouraging people to like look at other people's trailers, like yeah. take tours of their trailers, walk around and be like, get ideas for what your trailer yeah. is. Assistant prop masters walk around and get all these other prop masters contacts mm-hmm. and be like, Oh, who are you? Who do you usually work for? I work for Michael. Trent. Oh, I know that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. these, just the things start sparking. And then there we go. We have a new list of like on our call list, you yeah. know? And I think yep. that, I think that could be really beneficial and just fun. No, I, I think it's a great idea. And also like, um, you know, I think that's one of my favorite things about uh, the whole like prop department is like, I feel like we got a pretty good sense of community, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like we don't have, I mean, I don't really see it too often, you know, from like the assistant prop master, prop assistant sort of like position, but like, you know, I know with the set decorators, some of them are pretty cutthroat, 
you know, and like, oh, I don't want to recommend other set decorators for these jobs because well, that'll okay. take money. I think that culture is going away. No, that the whole, I think across the board is going away because that's, and that's what the Prop Masters Guild is kind of, what is a big forefront in starting to change that. And on Prop Talk, my other Prop Masters, my other Prop <laughs> podcast, please go and check it out. It's pretty great. Um, we just have Prop Masters. In. What's that called? Do you want to plug it's that? Prop Talk. Oh, Prop Talk. Prop Talk. Yeah, yeah. Wow. we have like real good people on. So, um, Anyways, Make sure you rate that on Apple Podcasts. Yes, yes. Comment, <laughs> like, subscribe, do all this stuff. Um, but yeah, it used to very much be that. And that's what a lot of the... I don't want to... I, I hate using the word old-timers, but I'm just going to use it, old-timers. A lot of the old-timer prop... Seasoned veterans. Seasoned veteran prop masters. So a lot of the old seasoned dogs. veteran prop masters, like that's what it was. They didn't talk to each other. They didn't recommend to each other because it was a community. And I think that goes across the board. I don't think it's just prop masters. I think it was set decorators. I think it was construction coordinators. I think it was mm-hmm. art directors. I think it was everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't recommend somebody that you think is going to be better than you because you don't want them to take your jobs. Yeah. Like, oh, if this line producer likes this person more than me, then they're not going to offer me the next one. That mentality is changing. We're, and the Prop Masters Guild was built behind that. I think it was built because they're like, oh, there's retiring Prop Masters that they want younger Prop Masters to be able to have the whereabout and the training because a lot of the training stuff has kind of gone away. So they want to make sure everybody has the same experience and can deliver as much as like a lot of the older prop masters can. So that's where it came. But in doing so, it brought everybody together to where it was just like, there's so many similar stories that in different situations that Mm -hmm. just like, there's a connection that's been growing. And then it's been building to like oh like oh you need a person for this i know a person that's great for food styling i know like Mm -hmm. so it's been helping out and and interconnecting and building like i've never been a person that would ever not recommend somebody I, i would never recommend somebody who i think is worse than me Everybody I've ever recommended any line producer any production designer in my mind is better than me and that's because yeah. I want to give them the absolute best person that's going to be for that. Right. And in turn, like, I mean, I don't want to always go back to Teresa Corvino, but she's always like my prime because I think she's going to be the greatest prop master in the business. Yeah, she's awesome. Give, yeah. give it give it 15 years or whatever. I think she's going to be the go-to for blockbuster everything. Mm-hmm. I think she's the most fine-tuned, thorough, and I've passed so many jobs towards her chris hansen too there's there's a lot of good prop masters i think that are like coming up that are going to be like the go-tos and they've also bounced jobs to me i've gotten tons like oh Teresa corvino says you're like the person it's like yeah and that's going to come back for you it's going to help you way more than it's going to hurt you like the networking is is amazing it is amazing and you know what Say a line producer works with her and they're like, oh my God, she killed it more than I ever did. I'm going to hire her in the next job. Good for them. Because when Teresa has to turn down the line producer that she worked with last time, you know where that person's going? To me. (laughs) So it it, it all gets redirected in a way. It's just going to, it's just contacts. You know what I mean? And also like, you know, different producers, different, you know, line producers, whoever, you know, sometimes they might just gel better with a with a prop person. It doesn't mean anything against you. You know, it could just be a personality thing. Like it's a hundred percent a personality thing. Yeah, and that's most. I mean, all of us have worked those jobs to where. I mean, how many of you have you guys either ever worked a job? And this has happened twice to me, where you go on. There's been three seasons of a show. 
This is a really specific situation. <laughs> There's been three seasons of a show. Um, you're brought in. You're one of the only departments that kind of has been in a rotating every season. Yep. They bring you in, and as you're being brought in, everybody around you, every single department comes up, and you're like, you're going to love it here. We're like a family. We're a huge family. We all love each other. Yeah, we get beers out. Like We're so great. And then you get in, and then you start working, and then – it's brutal. It's rugged. Like the props department is mm-hmm. just everything yeah. is asked like a thousand, like everything's over asked of you. It's crazy. You feel like you're being disrespected, underrepresented. You don't feel understaffed. good. Understaffed. Nobody's giving you what you want. Yep. Everybody else is having a great time, but you feel like the redheaded stepchild on right. the show and it's just miserable. And then you think it's like, oh, this is why they've had a different department prop department every single season it's like that job comes along and it's like this is miserable you have but then you'll go on to a show like american horror stories to where what i mean loomers here here's a good person to ask when you hear american horror stories coming up what do you know that it's a horror it's a horror story exactly right what experience did we have on it i i actually really i mean we had a great team the prop team and i liked the rest of the crew actually I ran into uh Sherry. Oh really? She was on that Bloomhouse movie. She was the She uh, was on the blo- <laughs> She was the the, the script just, supervisor. Yeah, she- I saw her from like across like the field. We we're shooting out this baseball field. We had set up all this stuff. I was getting ready. She's been on the podcast too. Yeah. I was getting ready to get in the truck. I see her like struggling up with her chair and me. I run up. I'm like, uh, you know, uh, we actually, this is crew only. I don't know what you're doing. And like, you know, she was like, crap. You know, and so we had a hug and it was like, it was nice, but like, she's like, prop cow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not that she wasn't on that job, but um, no. Uh, yeah, she was like, you know, I really liked working with her. I liked her a lot. I liked her personality, you know. Yeah. And, and everybody on it. That, it's, the, the crew it's... was great and like the, the job wasn't that bad. Yeah, and here's the thing: there were rough it, days. I, but I am so glad days. to hear that. It was. It, here's the thing about horror stories: it's set up in a format and in a way to where the job could be an absolute nightmare. Yes. If you had a UPM breathing down your neck, <clears throat> a line producer that wouldn't give you what you needed, uh, a camera department that was just um, doing second blockings every single time that you about to shoot a shot. You know what I mean? If you had all of these elements that we've seen time and time again on shows Mm -hmm. that just, they're little snippets that make life more difficult. That's what I've heard about on other ones. You could see that show being a nightmare. Yeah. Like the script comes in the last minute. Mm -hmm. Everything's, but getting the approval process, like they trusted me. So they, it would be easy. The line producer, if I said, I'm going to go $10,000 over budget if we want this prop. She'd go, I understand that. Done. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. UPM, if I would say, um, we need uh, we need three extra assists this week, would say, all right, well, why do you need that? Oh, we're doing this, this, and this. Okay, you got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never got pushback once. And every single person in my prop crew Super positive. Yeah. Like, they all loved it. You guys would have dress-up days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they would come up. We did... Richie and I did jumpsuit day. And then, <laughs> we, and then we did what? the... What? Yeah. We, yeah, we did the day where um, uh, Steve and our onset uh, props, he would always wear, like... He was one of those guys where, like, you imagine he opens up his closet and there's, like... Five like ten cargo shorts, ten black t shirts, <laughs> ten newsy hats, and he's like, Again, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> Why you gotta make fun? Yeah. But uh, he got COVID because of uh, one of the main actresses for that episode got COVID, 
And uh, so he was out for a little while. And um, uh, so I came in to to fill in for him. And then uh, uh, Richie, Brooks, uh, me, and you, we were all like, well, let's all get his little uniform. And uh, <laughs> speaking of so, I, I, I don't want to like buzz kill the mood, though. Local 44 Memoriam. Oh, I want to yeah. make sure Richie's on there next time because it no, was very under. He was. He was. He on was there. on there. He was on there. Really? Yep. Yep. He was the last name on there. I, I didn't notice that. Yep. Oh, I, I did. For me. Okay. Good. <laughs> he, he was. He was on there. He was the last name. He was um, our our um, our buddy from the show. And, yeah. Uh, he got uh, tragic death. <laughs> shot in in Florida. Yeah. In like a oh, mass God. shooting. Yeah. But yeah. his name was on the memorial. I was I was kind of surprised. I almost didn't think it would be. But yeah, um, it's kind of it's it's yeah. like undergoing investigation. Hush hush. Like nobody could really mourn for him the way we wanted to, and you couldn't post about it. You couldn't. His do family anything. doesn't. His family doesn't. I mean, he's his a family, transplant, so his family doesn't live out here. I I've been meaning to re reach out to his girlfriend because yeah. Um, I would say because we're about to we're gonna have a um we're gonna we're in the process of getting together an actual prop crew episode so i'm gonna get my entire crew from horror stories on and we'll, nice. we'll, we'll go into it a little bit deeper there because i feel like uh, he it, he hasn't gotten the respect of a death like that someone deserves and it mm-hmm. deserves to be at least acknowledged you yeah. know what i mean like it's like if i go away if i went away tomorrow or whatever i wouldn't want everybody's just like well there's an investigation so let's pretend it never happened you know yeah. what i mean it kind of sucks in a way you can't mourn properly yeah <laughs> Um, yeah. So we'll talk about a little bit more in that episode, but <laughs> um, but yeah, we had fun on that show. I mean, there were rough days, but there's always rough days, right? There's there's never well, I mean, I don't want to say there's never shows because I've definitely been on like shows where like I did this uh, Disney mini series show yeah. called <laughs> called Shook or something like that. It was like a spinoff of uh, High School Musical, but it was all about dancing. The main actors were all under eighteen, so we didn't work more. We didn't shoot more than ten hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a day where I wasn't buttoning up the truck at twelve or yeah. sooner, and I was the onset dresser slash yeah slash uh, semi assistant prop when because there was only one prop person. Right, it was fucking cake. Yeah, like like, like I, I couldn't have asked for like an easier fucking show. No. But we're but, saying on, on man, this show, I, I've yeah. had the opposite experience with the Disney shows I worked on. They've yeah. all been a peel. Oh, other other than that, every other Disney show has been a nightmare. Even the fucking commercial I'm on is all fucking right. Like, but I think I think the crew and the crew from this was season two. So yeah. the crew from season one was essentially the cr- same yeah. crew from season two. So everybody stuck together and went through and like the line producer. Uh, Susan McConnell. I just have to give it up to her. She, she fucking is, loved you. She she loved all of us. She is. A oh yeah, I, I forgot about the at the end of the show when it came to rap because I was like the go to day player on mm-hmm. the show. Perma player. Perma player. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like this that. Is, yeah, this was a good because yeah, he would work. It's like like he was a day player, but he'd work four to five days a week. <laughs> yeah. And they she she like. She came up and she's like, "Okay, who's that uh, tall, handsome, yeah. charismatic like, can, can, guy?" Yeah. Well, no. Here's the thing: is like, you mean Mikey T? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you yeah, already exactly. know him. Yeah, yeah. She, here's no, the no, ne- no, the one with the glasses. Let me, let me break down how negotiations went for a uh, wrap out for mm-hmm. that. She goes, "Okay, can you um, can you do it in eight hours, eight hour days in one week with three members of your crew?" I was like, 
Uh, I was like, no. I was like, it's going to take us. It's going to take maybe eight days with the entire crew um, at 10 hours. And then she's mm-hmm. like, hmm, okay. She's like, yeah, you got it. And then um, who was that that tall, handsome guy? <laughs> <laughs> who was that? Who was the? What was the? The one the, with the really yeah. tight pants. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the permanent day player. She's like, who was the the day player that you had with with you like the whole time or whatever? It was like, oh, Grant. Yeah, Grant's awesome. And she's like, she's like, put him on for all those days too for the entire time. I was like, whoa. I was like, so what are you? This is how negotiations usually go. You just gave me what I asked for, (laughs) plus you threw on a bonus. (laughs) Dude, you found a unicorn. I know. I know. So she just uh, come to find out that she didn't spend enough money towards the end, so she was trying to do it, so she did. It was like one of those, like, I mean, I don't know if I should be saying this on the air, but (laughs) it was like one of those white horse, like, where you're trying to, like, you want to build things up so you don't get screwed next season when you're trying to, like, wrap at a show. So she was building up the... uh, the studio and stuff like that and which the show ended up moving to uh new jersey so that lame yeah i know so and and (laughs) susan but anyways susan um she she uh she calls me from time to time now and because she's trying to find a new show and she's trying to keep the crew together which i was like man if we were able to Mm -hmm. make an american horror story show fun with with like this group of people, imagine doing a non-American horror story show with this crew. Yeah. Like it's going to be amazing when we actually have like four scripts <laughs> by the time we start shooting the first, like, what? like, Whoa, <laughs> the, that doesn't happen. Yeah. The day I always think about on American horror stories was we were shooting. Um, the episode was, it was the, the pig woman episode with, uh, um, Angela from who's the boss. Yeah. And, in the episode, she gets plastic surgery, and they end up making her into a pig instead of like fixing up her face. To- and then they do like <laughs> the most dangerous game, and they hunt her for sport as she's like running through the woods. I love that movie. And, <laughs> which one? The old, uh, the old nineteen forties one. Both or? of them. Is there a newer one? I think so. Oh, um, but I think it was um, the... the most dangerous game. Is that what yeah, it's called? yeah? It's an old, it's an old book. I actually, <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty two. 2022. Oh. It's like a brand new thing. What's, is it streaming anywhere? There might have been one with uh because I remember the just old, the dangerous game. I remember the old black and white one. Oh yeah, that's it. The uh, second row. Uh, this one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one I remember. Count Count Zoloff or whatever. Guy gets marooned on an island, and there's this count who owns the island. And he's just hunting people for sport. Um, 1932. Oh. Oh wow! Um, but the episode, um, the whole the whole day was just the people hunting her. Yeah. So it's her running through the woods, and then we had like twelve. Um, stunt that's people. that's the one she referenced. <laughs> she's that's the one that you made an impression on her. Really? Yeah, yeah. She referenced that when she was at. She's like, when we were out in the woods and like in the swamp in the the, the trenches, like doing the stuff. Like, yeah, that's because oh, that was about. such an easy day. Except for the very end, yeah. And I was I was surprised because they let us have. That was one of the ones since it was an all nighter. Like yeah. uh-huh. like like I show up and then at t- at ten o'clock at night I'm just like you guys are good. All right, yeah. And I go home and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go have some chicken. Yeah. <laughs> but really, the whole day we had. Um, they were gonna let us have um, two additionals, but it was. Um, but uh, um, uh, what's his name? 
the the little guy, the little older guy that was working with us. Oh, uh, Chendo. 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 Yeah. Oh, I love Chendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chendo. He, he missed the day or something. He got his. He got his, uh, the schedule screwed up, so he didn't show up for the day. Which yeah, is fine. I think we that didn't. they always gave. They always. No way, they always gave me everybody that I needed to, but I never. I I didn't always deliver on it because either I couldn't find enough people for mm-hmm. it or we had sick days. So I, in their eyes, I saved the money because yeah. I didn't use all my mandates. But the thing was the whole day, all we were handing out and handing out and collecting were spears and flashlights. That's all day. it. Spears and flashlights, spears and flashlights. Yeah. And we had like, um, you know, Richie who was like the full-time prop assistant. And then they had me and then we we're supposed to have Chendo, but we ended up just being like, I don't think we need you. And the whole day, like we clearly had too many people up until the last hour of the shoot where we were fighting daylight. Which is what props is. It's yeah. in and the beginning and at the end is when you really need those people. And I was yeah. so surprised that they didn't fight you on that and be like, Well, it's just spears and flashlights. What do we need what do you got what do you need like two extra people for? But that it was that last hour where we were changing the heads of the That's the spears. that's the problem. So it's just spears mm-hmm. and flashlights, but what they don't t- like that's why it's an easy sell at that point because they're like, well if it's just spears and flashlights like yes. But then the stunt ones we have to take these real spears that could pierce somebody's torso and switch it out with a rubber one and then there's this weird optical one where you have four people stabbing so we have to have this because the special effects person or the visual effects person says we need to have this wooden peg in this thing that you can stab into it that will retract into it we need to have four people to have that type of that's a ten thousand dollar prop wasn't it uh, no, it wasn't because Brooks, I, Brooks I have the best truck person that yeah. you could possibly ever think of that mm-hmm. thinks of these things that it's just like, hey, instead of like getting a prop shop to do this, why don't we just take this piece of PVC and, and a wooden rod and put it into it and get our paint department to spray it black. Boom. You got a retractable there that, um, so it ended up just being a peg that was a black painted peg with a black post that would go in and then the visual effects were they loved that because all they would have to do is like at photographing the blade, they yeah. put a blade on the end and then they would put it with mm-hmm. that just post. And then it looked great in the final. Nice. And then also for that scene, for that last hour, we had to keep going from bloodied to not bloodied. So we had to keep bloodying up and we only had so many of these. And then we had to like clean them off and then set them aside and then give them fresh ones. And then, okay, now they're supposed to be bloodied. So we had to re-bloody them. And it was just like, I that's, wish that's I s- a little bit of movie history or magic, you know, insider is that that blood that uh, oh, that care, you know, care over the blood place. is yeah. that stuff doesn't come off. It's ugly. Yeah. We no. have about eight different types on our truck for yeah. that show. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of actually disappointed because we I think you guys all got a spear at the end. Did you did you save one? Did you get it? Yeah, one and wrap. Yeah. yeah, you didn't I, get one. I don't think I saved one because how I, did you not get one? We had I, we had so I many. I know. Left I think over. I chose not to save a spear, but like, I think I was like, where would I put it? But I think mounting it right across the do top. You know, chances you, are you still got one in the truck. I mean, I mean, it, do you it's want very, my spear? No, 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 no. Sure? I do not want my <laughs> spear. Listen, I, I literally I have a lot of other trophies. <laughs> when you know, I was unloading my question. car, yeah. that's a good question. What's the best trophy you've gotten from a show? Uh, that you can talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a tough one. Okay, I think about a prop master, and that we're having this trouble with because, as you know, in the Property Masters Guild, we're gonna have mm-hmm. our first booth. Give me one of those. Uh, we're gonna have our first booth at Comic Con, yeah, or LA Comic Con. 
Thank you. So at LA Comic Con, we're going to have a booth, and then the point is to get screen-used props. Yeah. And we're going to be able to have some Star Wars props. We're going to be able to use a screen-used RTD2 and a screen-used, like, an Obi-Wan, like, the ship that was coming. And the only reason we can use those is because the prop master from Obi-Wan bought those outright for his personal collection, and then he rented it to the show. Yeah. So they're mm. his property, but they're screen-used. Yeah. So he did, we don't need to get permission for that. The rest, we need to get permission for it, because if you build something on a show, it's studio property. Correct. Right. Um, and, and that's what it is, and doing all that stuff. So as prop masters, a lot of us have collections and we have display cases, as do I. Yeah. Um, and when we build a lot of stuff, we do backups and backups and backups. And luckily, we have somebody that kind of, even on Horror Stories, worked as... Mm -hmm. He was in the special effects department, and I don't think he worked as an official prop shop person, but uh, special... Ashton? Ashton, yeah, Ashton? yeah, because yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know what the deal with the unions and all that stuff was, but he special effects lent him to us a lot, which I am so grateful because he yeah. saved our ass in so many ways, and and I hope he's prop shop because if I can ever hire him to work on my truck and mm -hmm. be my special effects like prop builder, yeah. I would hire him in a heartbeat because he made rubbers for us. He made knives in a day, yeah. like stuff that I could not get at union shops. I could not like, he's also just really chill. And he, he's our personality. Yeah. He, like he fits in our crew. I was like, I want you on, like, I don't, I, I get it. You're a special effects guy. I want you to work on our truck, just prop building. Yeah. Like I want to work on one of these shows. And I think it's such like, and I don't think that was a realization until the show. I was like, I hope you're prop shop because I need you working for me. Yeah. And like, he would take things and because a lot of these like shops, like we would get like this ten thousand dollar statue built. Yeah. Right? We get this this specific oh, the, the pus sucking uh, the statue. The pus sucking statue. <laughs> it'd be like a ten thousand dollar thing. I would get the I would design it. I would do like everything and it would be like which is when you design and do something which is like a seventeen hundred statue that needs to look wooded and cracked and do all mm -hmm. this stuff, like mm -hmm. that's a joy, like a prized joy for you. Right. So you're never gonna have the personal money to be able to create that or a mask, yeah. this personal like mask that's like okay, this could be a Halloween mask at some point. People could be wearing this for Halloween. Like that's like a huge thing, and it's tens of thousands of dollars to make. But then you make it. Um, Ashton is a person that could take this and then we can ask the shops that make it because yeah. a lot of times when it's big and stuff like that, they either be made in the shops and molded and stuff there. Mm -hmm. But they'd give me the molds. All you got to do is ask them for the molds and right. they'll you give it to you. paid for them. You paid for them. So yeah. they'll give you the molds and then Ashton like knew about molds and he knew the stuff. So you would give it to Ashton mm -hmm. and he would make three more for you right. or their special effects. So let's say one is burning, which in, in horror stories, everything burns for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so you give it to him and they would make a burnable version. Yeah. They would make like a plaster burnable version. So he would make four more and it was uncanny how perfect they were built. It, it is amazing in our industry the the amount of craftsmanship, isn't it? It is, yeah. and you don't realize mm -hmm. that it's like from three D printing to molding to yeah. like saying like to the heart that we made like oh the edible heart edible hearts like yep. that was such a thing. And then Ashton was like, "Hey, can I have that heart mold? Like, I just want to play around with something." Like, and a lot of this is hobby. A lot of these like yeah. I just want to fine tune then, my craft. Like, yeah. it's just and if I make something cool, I'll just give it to you. Like, and he, it's was, not, he was showing us like the gelatin hearts he was making at home just on just for fun yeah. and. 
like they actually, I think they ended up some of the ones he, he finished. We did with. not eat any of the ones that he did. We he said they definitely aren't edible. <laughs> He's like, do not eat any of these. You didn't put any at Crafty. I mean, no. <laughs> but he was showing us some of them, and they were working better than some of the ones that we, we yeah. got. They were looking better. They just weren't as edible. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that. But he. Long story short, which I think we've already made a long story, but he <laughs> he would like take the molds and give us extras nice. of what we needed, like in case something broke or whatever. So in turn, at the end, it's like you have to asset these ones that you paid thousands of dollars for. Mm-hmm. But he yeah. made a lot of these stuff just for material, which was like, oh, okay, the material on this was forty bucks. Yeah. Uh, and then he works a day because he's on staff anyway. So right. that's what the cost was, and that's what uh, I feel like. That's something that I need to start like pushing towards line producers because these prop shops, like how much money they'll save just having him on staff. Material doesn't cost shit. Right. It's the labor it takes right. to make all this shit. But but, but you-, you have a custom foot and a half statue that's yeah. never been created before. That was made for his day rate. He pumped two of these out in a day. Mm-hmm. You pay him $550 for the fucking day. And he made two custom statues that are just there to burn. That it's would like, have been $2,000. It would have been from, more than that. Yeah, thousands more. and thousands of dollars. From a so, prop shop. So yeah. getting back to it, my prop cabinet in turns is a lot of that. He can make stuff that you don't need to log. There's no paper trail of right. it. There's no <laughs> <laughs> no paper trail. Yeah, I know. There's so there's nothing. Hey, that. forget so, about so it's like, it. What happened to these spears? And he still has the mold. Like they don't. Like you don't have to asset a mold. Right. Like yeah. that's you don't asset molds. So it's like you could just do it and keep recreating this. And mm-hmm. I have one of the statues in my thing. Um, uh, one of the masks. I may or may not have one of those masks in my, which is like. One of my favorite ever because I did the custom design. I did the Photoshop like of a mask that. Which mask? It was season one. Oh, one of the wow. first episodes we did because we went through. We it was scripted as, all right. She comes out in a Bart Simpson mask. We couldn't clear Bart Simpson. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, but that's a Fox show. Yeah, I, I still can't feature bart simpson because he's murdering and doing stuff i don't know something like that it's not on brand yeah Yeah. so so they're like all right what masks can we clear and they're like well any mask from china we can clear there's a fuck ton of masks from china cool but they're gonna take forever to get here no no they will not (laughs) yeah if you look at any of the back stuff that we say most stuff you order from amazon's from china (laughs) yeah yeah so I got hundreds and hundreds of masks, mm-hmm. lined them all up. The director, eh, not quite right, right. Director has an idea. Oh, let's do one of those, like, like an, almost close to one of those Jabberwocky masks. He goes flat white. It's like he sends it to Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy says, nope, not right. All right, that idea is out the window. Yeah. Going through, he's like, well, how about an emoji mask? Like an emoji? Nope, no, do that. And then it's like, oh, he like he had a separate meeting. He's like, well, it sounds like we need like everybody's saying we can't afford this custom mask, but maybe we can do like like we have to do something that's custom mask. So I just like went through because his big thing he's like i love these porcelain dolls that have like broken faces and like that have been dropped and just have and i was like well let's take that and blend it into like these asian like masks that they have that are porcelain masks like japanese and cracked so i took that took a regular porcelain doll and took like a regular baby doll and blended a lot of them together, took a lot of cracks and lined them out, made the face a little bit wider, just in Photoshop, whitened it up a little bit, like dirtied it up. And then I showed like 
that Photoshop image to the director. And he was like, yes, that's the one. Sent it to Ryan Murphy. And he was like, that is the one. That's absolutely it. And it was like the greatest thing. I was like, okay, now how the fuck am I going to get this Mm -hmm. done? And the special effects uh, makeup guy, like as we were going through and I was calling every man. And I actually, I called the guy that was next to the special effects makeup shop. Um, cause they do masks and they do a lot of stuff. And he had quoted me like, okay, it's going to be like $15,000 because the turnaround had to be like a week and a half or something like that. Right. So he's like, uh, it's going to be like $15,000 to produce two of them. And that's when I was like, fuck. But I, I hit up the special effects makeup guy and I was like, oh, do you have this contact? Like we're trying to, he's like, well, what do you want to do? And then he started like break it down. He's like, he's like, this looks like a fun project. It's like, I think we can do that. Nice. And he, he's like, well, what's in your budget to do? And I was like. I'd like to do it for like both of them for like five grand or whatever. He's like, yeah, let me do it. <laughs> so he did. He did it for us nice. and in the house, and it was so fucking cool. Yeah. And then like, like we had those two masks with mm-hmm. the crack. They came out. They were the coolest masks I've ever seen. Blacked out eyes, gorgeous. And I was like, fuck. Like this is the one thing. Like I came up with an idea, created, like designed put it and it's in our hand and it's featured in this movie or whatever. And I kind of like went to him and was like, Oh, how much, how much would it cost to like, just do one for my collection. And he busted one out for me. Nice. So I can put it nice. in my collection nice. because he still had, like he, he had sculpted it out of clay. Then you mold the, the thing and then you mm. put in the plaster for it to be able to like, there's so many steps to do it, but yeah. he had the mold at that point right. where he's like, well, all we got to do is pour it and paint it. And that's it. So that's what we did. So now I have one of those. That's the coolest, definitely nice. the coolest prop that I have in my case. I could show you guys the prop case afterwards. It's, oh, it's yeah, in the I'm guest bedroom. I'll so look I don't, to that. Yeah. yeah I, it's in the guest bedroom, so I don't have, I don't get a lot to show a lot of people yeah. that other than that are guests staying in my guest yeah. bedroom. But yeah, definitely yeah. the coolest. And you usually do on-set dressing? I'm, a, I'm an on-set dresser, yeah. But. Do you do you get fun little... Uh... Uh, you know, I, I have a couple of things. Um, yeah. I What I get a lot of is furniture that's going to get thrown away or, you know, Oh, smalls yeah. that are just going to get tossed or, or donated or something. But that was the best part about working at Universal Prop House. Yeah. Every once in a while, when they had their garage sales, yes. we would get oh, a whole yes. bunch mm-hmm. of new furniture. My, yeah. my yeah. couch in my living room is from Universal, and I never, I always forget it. But every time, like I'm like really cleaning the couch, mm-hmm. and I take all the cushions off and vacuum it. There's the barcode. The barcode still <laughs> underneath all the cushions, and whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna leave that, and then yep. I never, I never, it's still on there. I've had it for like four or five years now (laughs) do you have furniture in south dakota from i i do but my my big get on that was um the year that i was going to get married or that i married wendy um i was working on a show that was a big production company and they had made like five pilots and none of them got picked up and the show that we were on it was our last season so we were going down and they had this big warehouse full of all this stuff from the pilots and all this stuff from our show Mm -hmm. and they're like we got to get out of this place because we got nothing to support this building anymore. And so we set up all these shelves and the asset manager from the company would come in and we would set up all the stuff on the shelves and she would just go through and like that, 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 get rid of the rest of it. And we had big trailers from, from all the donation companies and we would fill those trailers and then also fill our trucks. Mm-hmm. And she didn't care. She just, it has to be out of here. Yeah. And you can take it, you can donate it, you can, 
have a rummage sale yeah. on the street right now if you want whatever. It's just for storage. Gotta get no, on. that's that's right. a big thing. Is they'll drop everything. I mean, you know, when we wrap a show, props yeah. like it's like it's like a free for all. I have a knife. I have a drawer full of knives. Yeah, from various yeah. shows. Yeah. My, my my kitchen is all down. Uh, we out that stuff. We yeah. gave out. <laughs> we had an episode where it was like. Oh, there's like this Aboriginal like 1600 knives, and I we went all, on eBay and knives. I got real 1600s Aboriginal knives from like yep. Africa and all. So we had like we had like 15 of them. And they were all like I mean they were all 200 dollars oh plus. Gosh. Like there's so much, and at the end of the show, is like, well, they're not gonna like none of these are all, they're all denials. Yeah, like we picked the one knife and that was it. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, these are none of these are assetable. <laughs> yeah, so it was like. Guys, everybody pick two. Yeah. <laughs> you can have your own 300-year-old piece of yeah. life history. Yeah. Well, and, and I paid my... I would bring stuff home in the truck. Wendy would list it on eBay, and we paid for our entire wedding and honeymoon just off stuff from that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have the patience for that. That's it. Neither do I, yeah. but my wife does. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, with all that being said... Are you guys ready to talk about some TV and movie news? Yes. Yeah. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to say right off the bat, I saw the trailer for Meg 2. Oh, dude. I, think, I, I, I wrote that I wrote that at the bottom of my list right here. <laughs> I, I put Meg 2 trailer. We're going to pull that up right now. Are Good, because I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Have you seen the Meg 1? Yeah, I love yeah, Meg 1. Dude. It's, so it's, it's based, one of my favorites. <laughs> it's based on a book series about biologists that find a megalodon in the Mariana Trench. You're kidding. 100% not. Like, very, very serious. Wow. And, and I was disappointed in the first movie because in the book, the, the he kills the shark. He's yeah. in a little personal submarine, and he's driving at the shark. The shark's coming right at him. He drives it into the shark's mouth. He's got scuba gear on. Kicks out the door, climbs out into the shark, takes out his knife, starts cutting his way through the shark until he gets to the heart because he's a biologist, so he knows where the heart is, and then like grabs the shark's heart and starts cutting <laughs> it out. And I was like, if I see State Jason Statham do this, I'll buy five tickets to see this movie. Like, And he didn't do it. They skipped <sighs> on it, but the, I, this, they got the option. They got three sharks in this A lot one. of people didn't like the Meg 1. I will say, I went... The first time I saw Meg 1 was... I went back to New Hampshire for my uncle's funeral, which is sad. And then the my cousin, who was the son of the uncle yeah. that passed away, he was one of he is still one of my best friends, and we like we were really close. Mm-hmm. We lived a mile apart from each mm-hmm. other growing up, so like we hung out in the same friend group. Still, like Keith, one of my best friends in the world to this day. Uh, so I went back to like. And I hung out with him, try to make him feel better. And then funeral's over or whatever. And then they're all like, ah, we don't want to stir. It's like, oh, you want to hang out or whatever. I was like, I was like, you know what we should do? <laughs> Meg. I know, that's what it I said. involves I was like, weed yeah. <laughs> and movies. And that's what I did. Like their whole family, like uh, my aunt, who <laughs> was her hus- husband, yeah. and, and like the, the brothers. And then I was like, we should go to like – the movie theater and go see this. So we went to the dine-in movie theater, nice. uh, which they call it Chunky's there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, so we went to, the, and it used to be, it used to be a Lowe's building. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because. Wait, it, Lowe's theater or Lowe's? No, it used to be a hardware Lowe's store. hardware store that went out of business. And it, it still has the shape of a Lowe's hardware <laughs> 
Empire store, and it still has like like. Like, like if you tore off the lettering, you can yeah. kind of see the outline, but with like chunkies off the side of it. <laughs> so you walk into those, but it's like, uh, it's a dinner theater. So, nice. so we're like, oh, we should go there where they have the recycled, like all their seats are like, uh, old airplane seats. Oh, that's <laughs> they cool. just put on sand. <laughs> and you go do that. I was like, we should go there. We had the greatest time. Yeah. For like something that just such a tragic event happened yeah. that just did like devastates your family yeah. you need that sometimes and the mindless that, entertainment everybody had such a fun time and it was just like all right this like it, it brought such cheer to mm-hmm. like such a shitty situation that i think it just forever was just like yeah i love this movie <laughs> i found out they were coming out with this i texted keith i was like so where we, he lives in Atlanta now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so maybe I'll come to Atlanta. We'll see the Meg <laughs> 2. Meg 2. Well, while you're out there, make sure you introduce her for some prop master jobs. Yeah, for real. <laughs> oh, where's the sound? Oh, here. For 65 million years. Oh, this music. Yes. I think it's supposed to play, take place ten years after the original two or something like that. I I read the sin I read the first book, but I read the synopsis of all the other books on Wikipedia one night when I was just like yeah. stoned. And right here, hold on. I'm sorry. A shark coming out <laughs> and eating a Tyrannosaurus Rex is all I need to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you can stop it right there. Like, we, we got it. We got the in. Don't stop it. <laughs> he says, don't stop. I'm in. You're like, I'm, I'm half mass. Don't stop. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'm full rod. <laughs> oh, you haven't even seen the mech suits yet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the mech suits. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Just a little bit. Yeah, in the books, from what I remember when I when I did like the whole like deep dive eventually there's like a mad scientist who's like farming these these monsters <laughs> so I, I i hope they introduce this aspect to it jonas we've got company <laughs> is it a megalodon <laughs> biggest meg anyone's ever seen well, a few years ago, there was only one man you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Thailand, too. <laughs> yeah. But despite the music, there are no actual barracudas. <laughs> There's no Yeah. I will kick you away. You don't want to know. Yeah, the 50-foot shark. I'll just kick that away. Yeah. There's two of them. Good thing you got these Three. red wings on. Three. They're hunting in packs. We can relax. This place, magproof. Okay. I was always afraid of this, but I was also thinking. <laughs> I mean, as long as the influencer dies. Wait, is there... There's other There's monsters. Krakens in this, too? Yeah. That's, that's actually kind of accurate to the book series because there's a bunch of prehistoric animals in the Marionic Trench. Oh, other creatures? Yeah, the the one I kept, they, I remember, they were called like chronosaurs or something like that, but they had like, they were actual animals. They had like alligator heads and then like mm-hmm. plesiosaur bodies. 
I think they're called chronosaurs. I don't know, but that's what I remember when I did my little deep dive was like they kept reappearing and like there was a mad scientist in like book three that was trying to make an army of these and I was like, okay, I'm not going to read these. I'm glad I <laughs> I'm glad I spent two hours just reading the Wikipedia's of all of these books. <laughs> But I read the first one, and the first one was like in high school. It was like, oh, the big shark! Like this is fun. Nice. No, that Meg is gonna be. What do you? What did you think? I, you know, I, <laughs> I classify movies in two categories: flicks and films. Films for art, flicks for fun. Yes. And that looks like a good flick. Yeah, yeah. I think that looks like movie. a good film flick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really. I think Jason Statham is going to bring a lot of art to this. This, this I looked it up. Definitely, so... <laughs> the depth is going to be incredible. So, yes, he's so, got a, he's got a rich Shakespearean background in acting. Dude. Yes. So, so I looked up who the prop master was on this film, and because I was like super interested, I, I went through a period in my life, or still am going through that. Was like, what would it take to just live in Thailand? And uh, and work on these types of movies. <laughs> Did they shoot this in Thailand? Yeah, there's like a there's a Thai prop master that did this movie, yeah. oh. and he does a lot of major movies in Thailand. He's like the Thailand go to prop master, huh. and he speaks English and Thai, and I think that's what what's so appealing about him and he's really good at what he does <laughs> clearly yep. so like most of like the main thailand based stuff because it was like oh i i know a couple like cameramen that actually i went to school with that moved to bangkok and they live in bangkok right. and that's what they do and i was like man i would love to live in southern thailand mm-hmm. and just or my, my 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 mom wouldn't like it very much. But, oh yeah, right. But I, I I mean it's like paradise out there. Yeah, yeah. And you can live. I mean, if I'm making that feature money and living in southern Thailand, yeah. that dollar goes a long way. Yeah. My <laughs> uncle lived in Thailand for like 15 years, and he rented a, a like a full American style house for like 50 bucks a month. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. I've been there a few it times. Chiang, it was in Chiang Mai. But Chiang Mai is beautiful, yeah, beautiful, apparently. Yeah, I would live down wow. in the islands. Like you can get a beautiful I've beach heard it house was cheap, with these like $50. canyon cliffs and stuff like that, looking over. And you can, yeah. I mean, it'd be probably less than four hundred dollars a month. I would like my house to be at the top of that cliff, considering what's happened there in the last twenty years. But uh, yes, yeah, yeah, fair, fair tsunamis and stuff. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, oh, it's a, in yeah. a bay though. If you're in a bay, it might be better <laughs> yeah it just traps all your this, busted up house around you in the there, bay no there, there's this crazy story i, I don't want your go house too, becomes a houseboat i'm not gonna go too off topic but there's a uh there's this one area this was one island that we i go to every once in a while on climbing trips mm-hmm. um and it's called Rayleigh beach in thailand and it's known because they have those crazy 400 foot just cliffs coming out of the water and everything like mm-hmm. that so it's like an it's like the premier Thailand climbing destination. So we'll go there for weeks at a time and go climbing and stuff like that. There's a climbing book for there and there's a story in it. Like the book climbing books, if you know climbing books, they're just like, they show you what routes are what and like what to look out for and how to do it. But then there's a story in it about like the tsunami that happened. And there's this climber there named King and they call him King because during the tsunami, and he was a climbing guide or whatever, but during the tsunami is coming, and he didn't know what was happening, and he was just chilling in his bungalow, which yeah. was just right off the beach, and the water started coming in, and he woke up as his bungalow was starting to uh, fill up, and 
he ripped the door off the hinges and rode it inland, grabbed onto a tree and rode <laughs> and climbed the tree to the top and nested in the tree for two days and just waited for the tsunami that's, to pass. That's pretty fucking crazy. It's yeah. pretty badass, yeah, right? I, I got to read that. Yeah, and he's just there. People like go to You got to write that script. Yeah. <laughs> you got time. I also, with a saying. name like King, I think you're expected to do that. If you're like, oh, this was King. He drowned in his bathtub when this, like, like yeah, like, Oh, this is King. He ripped his door off and rode it in inland and into a high a tree. tree. Yeah, that was r- that wasn't Chuckles that did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's still a premier climbing guide there. Like you could go to the guide company and be like, "Well, I want King to bring me on this this expedition." It's like, like yeah, you know, I want we have him to other bring guys me. too, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We also yeah. got Phil and Chuck. <laughs> did, uh, did they ride a door though? <laughs> Uh, well, one of them had a canoe or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty epic, but yeah, I will be seeing that. Um, what else you got on the list? I got on the list. So what I've been watching too, it's like, so you know I've been talking about uh, Star Wars a lot lately. Mm-hmm. I've been re-going through the Star Wars repertoire. Um, I've been watching them chronologically from front to back. And I know there's a lot of stuff like, because I made it uh, Wait, bad. Like, like ba- I was doing? Yeah, but did you watch Bad Batch and Clone Wars no, and all no, this? No, I haven't I'm watching it. everything. Okay. So I, I made it through Clone Wars, which is fancy. Because Clone Wars is a closed circuit. It's yeah. eight seasons and it's closed front to back. They have a finish and ending. That's a lot. It is a lot. And, and then it I, goes into Rebels, right? No, 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 no. Bad Batch. Oh, Bad Batch. And well, then well, three, then Bad Batch. So you go into th- episode three, which I will say, because I, I, I mean... I, I'm not still gonna give three credit, but <laughs> but three makes a lot more sense after you've watched all of Clone Wars. Right. It's just a bunch. Like if you do watch it without Clone Wars, it's just a movie full of plot holes. Listen, we're not gonna go back into Star Wars. No, no, but. no. But yeah, yeah. But after watching Clone Wars, it makes a lot more sense. And then you go straight into Bad Batch, which Bad Batch has two seasons right now, and they have a third on the way. So. It's it's kind of sucks in a little bit like moving because like, I've moved on from it because I watched one and two mm-hmm. but they have a third and final season on the repertoire coming out and Bad Batch is fantastic um, but they haven't wrapped up the loose ends and stuff like that to moving on so now that Bad Batch I finished that I was like well I'm not gonna wait for it hopefully I'll just save that piece in my mind for it and I moved on to Obi Wan Kenobi yeah okay. And that's where I'm at right now. And I think I just finished Obi-Wan Kenobi. And as Obi-Wan Kenobi finishes, Rebels starts, which I hear Rebels is the right. best piece of animated show out of all of them. I mean, like, from what I, I haven't seen it, but from what I've, I've read, like, Darth Maul's, like, big bad guy. In I love Darth Maul. Yeah, he's a great character that really, yeah. Yeah. like, he got split in half, and then they were like, okay, we're done with him until... Then he turns into Spider-Man in Clone Wars. And <laughs> yeah, then, until yeah, Clone yeah, Wars yeah, yeah. came along, and Clone Wars was like, we're not done with him! We're not done with him, and then he gets his awesome robotic feet and, like, comes mm-hmm, back, mm-hmm. and he's a badass, but then the Sith Lord is like, fuck you, you're, I already got an apprentice, so you're on your own, fucker, you know, right. so... So, it, yeah, 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 it comes yeah. into this big thing, and he's like, ah, no, but he's still Wait, like... and which one is this one? This is Clone this Wars. This is in Clone right? Wars. I haven't so seen it in a basically, while. basically, uh, it, Darth Maul gets dumped into, like, this big trash, like, planet, planet and stuff yeah. like that, and he falls into a hole, and he goes into, like, isolation and builds just off of, like, other trash parts, like, feet mm-hmm. for himself, and he gets found by his brother. 
which from his planet, another like yeah. horned guy, and then but it was somebody they were also working on. Like maybe he could be the new right. uh, Sith apprentice. Right, totally. So he gets him, and then he and that's been his life mission is finding his brother again and getting him back. So they get him like real feet. So he has like a whole new torso and stuff like that. And he gets back, and they start going after like Obi Wan again, and then. Yeah. But really, he wanted to join up with the Sith Lord again. So he goes up to Darth Sidious, and he's like, "Oh, I'm back." But he's got a new apprentice. He's got um, fuck, what's his name? Um, um, Dooku. He's oh, got Count he, Dooku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or or Tyrannus, Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, is his <laughs> Darth 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 name. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So he's got Dooku. So he's like, "Well, a Sith, they run in twos. They can only have one Sith and one apprentice." Yeah. So. Well, he basically says, fuck off, Maul. Like, I got a new person. Go back to your hiding spot. And he's pissed off about that. But he also still, like, holds on to a lot of the Sith values and stuff like that. So he kind of fades off at some point. But I know he comes back during Rebels a little bit. But he's kind of, like, disowned and not given a fuck about Mm -hmm. during there. Um, And his brother dies. So that lights another fire yeah. in him up uh, spoiler alert i guess well but, geez i got i got some some tv to watch yeah if you if you yeah. haven't seen seems it, like i'm gonna have some time it just, here's the thing <laughs> the about first the first couple yeah. seasons are a little slow yeah, and they're very Wars. episodic here's the, the the one redeemer about clone wars is they're 20 minute episodes so you can yeah. bust them out oh, really nice. quick yep. there's like 20 episodes per season but you can bust them out so fast oh, they're quibbies yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. By by season seven though, that's where they start doing like they I go started. To, they I started go to the planet where yeah. like the force starts. Like yeah. it gets crazy. I started I watching. Really I, I started mythology. watching them on the trailer while I was rapping and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I, I would pop the TV down and then on the trailer say they they'd come in during lunch. Like my crew would come in during lunch and all set up chairs and we'd watch yeah. Clone Wars. Together. And I, I'm not even really a Star Wars fan. It's yeah. just a good story. Yeah. But yeah, during the later season, like the Ahsoka story is important, the Darth Maul uh-huh. story is yeah, important, yeah. the clones like actually like figuring out their inhibitor chips that turns them for like for uh Order 66. Yes. Like that those are the big stories. So right. towards the end you start to get like the big things that like make sense to the rest of the story. Then the bad batch is I think even better than Clone Wars I because gotta watch it. the yeah, bad I started watching that one. The bad batch is the amount of clones that their inhibited chips were essentially defective for more or less. Mm. And they just, when everybody else turned, they're like, what is going on? Like, uh, no, we're not turning against the Jedi. They're our friends. You know what I mean? And going through. So I think they were a little bit better because they were like, kind of like the outcast renegades clones. Yeah. So that, those ones were, I really, really enjoyed the bad batch. Obi-Wan, I don't think, was as bad as everybody says it is. If you kind of go... Here's the thing that puts everybody off about Obi-Wan. If you can get past the weird... Like that weird kid chase in the beginning to where it's like not believable at all. Like, oh, all of us trained people. We can't catch this 10-year-old. And, oh, a branch. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Let's turn around. If you can get past that, the storyline aspect of it, I think is good. Wait, is is that the one that had the the like scooter chase, like the mods and the rocker scooter chase? No, 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 that? no. That was Boba Fett. Oh my god, that, that was I, Boba I, Fett. I, I, was, I felt I was I was yep. embarrassed. That was that Boba show. Fett. Yeah. There's even I think a couple of like overhead shots where you can see the back of the flats. Yeah. Was, so yeah. so how's this tie in with 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're I'm getting ready. off way off track. <laughs> we go to Star Wars and I can talk all day. So that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to align all the stories in my head and like <clears throat> nail it in. Yeah. And I'm getting there. But with that being said, there's an ILM documentary series that's out on Disney Plus right now that's fucking amazing. So if you want to talk about anything behind the scenes, like if you guys are really into like behind the scenes stuff, and there's two things. I didn't just see the um, documentary. There's a behind the scenes documentary of um, Obi-Wan Kenobi also mm-hmm. to where they zero in on a lot of the prop master stuff. Like mm-hmm. you see the prop master, Brad, Brad Elliott, a friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. Who like you see him for the first time bringing in um, you and McGregor. Yeah. And being like, great guy, by the way, he's amazing. <laughs> I've worked with him also. He's yeah. so awesome. Um, but they bring you and McGregor into the room for the first time and be like, well, here's your lightsaber at the end of episode one. And here's your lightsaber at the end of episode three. It adjusts a little bit. We decided to make one that was a combination of the two that you would have accumulated between the two. And then him picking it up and being like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. with the prop master, yeah. which was a special moment for me. Yeah. Like, Especially since I know the prop master, but like just that happening, it was like, I don't know. It, it like, it's one of those heart lifting moments that you see in a behind the scenes mm-hmm. footage thing that you're just like, like, I want that one day. Like I want this experience just to have yeah, this yeah. actor pick up one of the most important props in film history and be like, this yes. completes my character. This completes, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Exactly. Like that, like it kind of like fills that point. And then there's other moments in that documentary. And this is like the Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. It's on Disney Plus. It's an Obi-Wan behind the scenes thing. And there's another moment about, and they talk about like how he perfected, like, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but like there's like where Obi-Wan's on the, like he's working as like a meat cutter. Mm-hmm. Like, up. Uh, cutting apart a beast that's okay. in the desert and they're on a, a, a utility line I've and he's slicing up. And yeah. Up. And he's like slicing up of how they like did the tendons. And you see him also like showing that and it was like, it's like, this is, I'm so happy that the yeah. prop master is being featured and like appreciated for this stuff that he's doing of how difficult this, like yeah. how to get, hundreds of pieces of meat to look like they're from a fictional beast that are this thick yeah. and slicing them up and doing this stuff. Because nobody thinks about that. Nobody like, thinks about it, like, oh, but it's such cool, an but... interesting documentary. Yeah. But it, it's like you go through that, but it also has the heart of like uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen reuniting again and like watching clips from like back and commenting on it. So you mm-hmm. have like the nostalgia from like 15 years ago when the or, or how, even longer when the those original stuff was coming up and, and are regenerated. And even if you didn't like the movies, they started for a new generation. You know yeah. what I mean? So they started something new and they still accumulated more feelings. So you, you get a lot of that in the documentary. Um, but they also made props important. And I think yeah. that's important to watch. <laughs> I'm so glad they're doing those, uh, those documentaries. Cause I remember, you know, something that I loved on DVDs was the commentary Right, and you could turn that on. That's, that's still not, why I have a DVD wall. Even, this, that's why I have a DVD wall right now. Yeah. It's commentaries, man. I used to love watching yeah. commentaries. I, I probably learned. I don't want to say more, but I learned a ton about filmmaking listening to commentaries. Yeah, yeah. they talk about how they did stuff. But the ILM thing is the one thing I want to talk about. This there's a mini series. It's like ten episodes uh-huh. of the creation of ILM um, and just what they created. 
and what they're like let me see if i can even pull it up yeah like, like they made their own computers that would industrial light would and magic they yeah. yeah they created everything and it was just like this ragtag group of Oh, is that from the new Indiana Jones? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, Wikipedia is probably going to give us better. So it was just like George Lucas, they wanted to do Star Wars, and they were like, oh, we want to do things that have never been done before. And Mm -hmm. he's just like, well, this guy does good miniatures. Mm -hmm. Let's hire him. Hey, make an entire special effects department. Like, here's what I want to do. Here's a script. And they were like, uh. There's a whole documentary about this. Yes. It's not not just about that episode, but, but ILM, ILM. As, a, as they developed as a whole. So they started and they built all the miniatures for Star Wars for the yeah. for New Hope and all the stuff like that. But not only that is like they would go out and shoot in like the the general crew would go out and shoot in England mm-hmm. and they would shoot in whatever that studio is out there. But ILM would stay back here and they would do the special effects stuff. So they would build all the miniatures, do stuff. And they would do like what that line, like where they're riding through the Millennium, or not the Millennium Falcon, but they were the uh, trench. Yeah, the trench. Yeah, they were flying through the trench to do the stuff. And they would build all this crazy stuff. But on top of just building the miniatures, they built cameras and moving rigs. So they built like the arms that can do the same thing over and over. And they like, oh, well, as far as like stop motion and that Mm -hmm. shit goes, we need to build a rig that will do the exact same motion to where we can put in and like yeah. differentiate stuff to where when we lap stuff. So they were like the inventors of actually making like stop motion, moving shots yeah. and, and stuff like that to make it look more realistic and making things blow up and that stuff. So in a new hope they did that and it was like legendary. Yeah. And it was like such a new thing, but then Moving forward, they started to do more and more and develop more and more cameras. Mm-hmm. So they did more than just like they had like in-house cinematographers. And these were all people like in the documentary, they would show like they had a hot tub there and they would like work during the day and they'd get like shit faced at night and chill. Like it was literally like a frat house. But yeah, but this was like 1970s. Yeah. So, yeah. But they were creative innovators it's just like any of us it's like yeah we like to drink and have fun and party it's like but it's like i feel i feel a special connection to a lot of this stuff because passion drives most of it right and especially if you like to have fun and party and stuff like but your passion's always going to be main suit so if you could just do whatever the fuck you want and it's a house to where you come in whenever the hell you want mm-hmm. you do whatever you want like people will be there and they're sleeping in the studio. You yeah. know what I mean? They were sleeping in it and they were doing whatever and they wake up because they couldn't let a project go right. and they want to finish it. It's like, oh yeah, you could have a beer or a joint while you're doing this and chill in a hot tub and like, yeah. like rage, do whatever you need to. But like when this product gets done, it, it ended up being like the greatest thing ever made. And that's what was the birth of ILM, which turned out to be um, the same people that, ended up developing um, computer graphics and stuff like that. They started Mm. having a digital department and stuff, which ended up making, like, for Jurassic Park, the first digital... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, so they started splitting up and doing, like, a lot of that stuff, and a lot they would take, like, a lot of the miniatures, and you would see, like, a lot of the people that would do the miniature models and, like, the the monster creations would actually start to do both. As computers were becoming more a thing, they'd be like oh, I want to see what computers can do. So they would learn the graphics and they would figure it out and they would start to develop more and cross over. So it shows 
from front to back who use that. And like, if you look on ILM, what they've done, it's like ET James Cameron's used them for everything. JJ Abrams used them for everything. Uh, um, George Lucas has used them for absolutely everything. Steven Spielberg is absolutely, they were the go-to after like George Lucas launched them and is like partially one of the founders of them. But like after they assembled this ragtag team, like they, they assembled by just putting up on campus like flyers, like, Hey, you want to come and build miniatures? You interested in this? You interested in this? (laughs) And then it was just people like hanging out, partying and doing this thing. And then, they ended up building one of the most innovative companies in film history. Yeah. Um, to this day, if yeah. you look at their credit line, there's nothing that's not blockbuster that they do. Right. They do everything blockbuster. Yeah. Like it's it's infatuating. But their documentary is fantastic. <laughs> and that that whole Marin County uh, campus that they have is just bonkers. And then you know, on a, on a little bit of the slime, have you seen that? That they're making a Lucas uh, Museum here in town. Yes, I did. Can't and I, I'm wait so excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm sure that thing. that ILM stuff's going to weigh heavily oh, there because it, it's so it integral to. to every movie he's ever to. made. Yeah. That's the thing is ILM like the, from A New Hope they did everything in L.A. But mm-hmm. then they they're like by the second movie they're like we could just do this in San Francisco because George mm-hmm. Lucas wanted like he lived up in San Francisco and he wanted to do this stuff. They just like, well, let's move everybody to San Francisco, and they've been able to work out of San Francisco ever since, which yeah. is impressive. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's on Disney Plus. Check it out. The Island. Yeah. I'm sure if you just Google the Island Dark, but we we put on one episode and then we just busted them all out. Like it's it's some good stuff, and then they yeah. they touch up on every single major movie that you could possibly think. Of. The face melting thing that was ILM and, oh, and Indiana Raiders Jones. Yes, yeah, exactly. Ah! <laughs> but they go into like because they had they had like things you don't even realize. They had like the map painters, which I didn't know how big of a thing that was. So the people that like you shoot little things, but then things that you can't recreate, like in Star Wars when you have like the bottomless pits mm-hmm. and stuff like that. People painted. Yeah. Hand painted on glass, like the bottomless pits going on, and then when Obi One's coming out on like the one thing, they put that glass over just with like a little th- window like that yeah. big of Obi One coming around the corner to where it just looks like a bottomless pit, and it's just painted yeah. underneath oh. it, and that's yeah, so that, that cool. Old school glass painting, yeah. the glass painting was awesome. Yeah. They used man. to do that sort of shit with like Charlie Chaplin. Oh yeah. That, that's old school technology. Yeah. yeah, the layering and the glass and some when you get like to, to as you get more to the modern age, they would layer them like crazy yeah. too. And mm. it, it just like they showed like some of the glass artists like because they're still around and they're like interviewing a lot of them and they were like pulling them out and there were some of the coolest looking things. He's like, oh yeah, this dude kid like. I, he started painting, but he's really bad at clouds. So I kind of <laughs> wanted to like lay it on him lightly, but like not tell him. I was like, "Hey, man, I'll do all the clouds. Maybe you do this thing." He <laughs> <laughs> would just paint the clouds, oh, harvesting of, like, your talents. Yeah, yeah. Harvesting, yeah, so like Cloud City, you see, 
<laughs> he's like, yeah, I did all the clouds on that one, but he did the structures. So <laughs> I don't nice. do structures. I do clouds. I do clouds. Cl- are my thing. <laughs> I'm the cloud man. I'm a cloud guy. If you're looking for a cloud guy, I'm the cloud guy. The cloud guy. I'm cloud guy. <laughs> Who's your cloud guy? Oh, I'm yeah, the cloud yeah. guy. Oh yeah, it's Chuck, the cloud guy. Yeah. So everybody like- I know is Chuck. <laughs> you want so- clouds, Chuck? Yeah. Yeah. So if you like behind the scenes stuff, especially like yeah. visual effects, special effects, creature effects. These guys were the creators of everything. They're the ones who set the grounds. So, I, I mean, you guys should all watch this because it would be like, oh, I'll have to check all right, it out. I'm in. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. convinced. Especially <laughs> you already like sold a, it. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, other, I watched Best in Show for the first time ever. What'd you oh. think? It was, I mean, uh, what's it, Eugene Levy? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it it was watchable. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Watchable. I what? think it was. I, no, I. It's I, one of the. It, I think it was opinion, funny. <laughs> in my opinion, it's one of the best mockumentaries out there. Yeah. yeah no. I, I, I think it was. It. I, I don't think it was bad. That's what I think. I love. Um, uh, who's one of the announcers where he, he uh, uh, at the dog show and he keeps talking about like, you know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I remember that dude's yeah. name. He died. Yeah. He died pretty recently, but he was like. Really. Yeah, he was like, you know, I want to make a great book. Women washing their dogs. Yeah. <laughs> He's just got like, just got the dumbest fucking things. Like the whole cast is great. Um, um, Let me see here. Uh, the we need pictures. Okay, here we go. Fred yeah. Willard. Fred Willard. Yeah, Fred right. Willard. Yeah, it's the first one Fred on the list. Yeah. Willard. He died. Yeah, he passed oh. away. Um, I thought he did. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But oh yeah, to, to 2020. He said, uh, "Yeah, yeah." His his. I think his last bit was on. Um, I think you should leave, and he played like a uh, an organist at a funeral. But he had like one of those like wacky nineteen twenties organs with like. It's oh, Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the uh, the fake trailer for um, Meteor City yet? No. That's like a Star Wars esque, but in uh, who's the guy that did uh, Best of Show? The director. Oh, uh, name escapes me right now. Hold on, let me go back. I, 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 I don't know if I can tell you, but I, I've seen Best in Show, Mighty Wind. Christopher Guest. Uh, yes. That's not who I'm thinking. He's kind of that kind of guy. I'm, I'm sure people would, are just like oh, yeah, yelling did. at their speakers right now. 86. Yeah. Fred um, Willard. I, I did like his commentary because it was very, like, almost mm. everything he's in is kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love this movie. Yeah, the the everything's so weird. Eugene, Eugene Levy's got two it's very Eugene Levy. Yeah. It's very Eugene. I, I started Jennifer with... Coolidge as like the the rich wife who yeah ends up having a le- lesbian affair with. It's uh... you know what? It's funny to see these actors because it, it it honestly everything that they're in now is very much a testament to this movie because yeah. it, I think this may have like. Like, what's the movie that uh, that Jennifer Coolidge is, or the TV show that she's in where she goes to Italy? White Lotus. White Lotus. Yeah. It's very much this character. Like, it's the same I, fucking I, character. I think, I think Jennifer Coolidge plays Jennifer Coolidge in everything. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Maybe maybe Eugene Levy, too, because there's another show we've been watching is, with Eugene Levy yeah. to where he's just like, I don't travel, but I'm going to do a travel show. Yeah. <laughs> and is, he starts to travel a, and things and yeah. doing stuff that he's yeah. not. I was like, this is Eugene Levy. I mean, I, I think this is the point of a mockumentary where it's like it's very. Um, oh, Parker Posey, where yeah. she has the braces with yeah, yep. and she's like the psychopath. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what were you doing, my dog? You must have been like pissing him off or something like Where's that. Where's his bee? Like, Where's his bee? He yeah. needs his busy bee. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to the pet store and goes, Well, we have this this bear that's in a bee costume. That's not a bee. <laughs> it's not a bee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, no I've, I've, it's been so long since I've seen this. I forgot all the good stuff. Yeah. At the, at, at the end, they're in uh they go back to their therapy session. They get rid of the dog and they're like, Oh, our new dog loves our love making. Yeah. He loves to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's some pug and the pug's just like humping the therapist's yeah. leg. <laughs> Like there's so yeah. many great bits. Uh, Wait, is, oh, isn't this... that the clip right there oh, in the photos? God. Like the no. third one down. Is that that? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, that's the. <laughs> yeah, they, they're wearing like bright clothes now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just looked up. Um, I didn't realize that was. Um, uh, I went and saw Bo, uh, Bo is Afraid, and Parker Posey's in that movie. Um, oh really? Yeah, and there's nice. like it, this this. I mean, I thought it was a great movie, but this very strange sex scene. And it wasn't until like I got home, I was like, "Who the fuck was that?" Because like both my mom and guy was like, "Oh, that's Parker Posey," and I'm terrible with actors. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know who that fucking is. And then I was looking up, I was like, "Oh, that was the lady from Best in Show." <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Catherine. Did O'Hare. she leave his big fake teeth? <laughs> oh yeah, dude, he's great. He's great. No, this. here's the thing: is like, cause I there's two we, left feet. <laughs> yeah, two left feet. Strike me if I'm wrong, but does that man have two left feet? <laughs> but they, yeah, weird. they um, the but the husband and wife in there is the same in um, Shit's Creek. Yes, yeah. And we because we watch all of Shit's Creek, we're like, oh, well, okay, this Catherine makes sense O'Hare now because you, that's a Eugene Levy show, also. Yeah. So it forms such a I connection. Mean, the, the cast from this is amazing. I, I absolutely love this movie. Yeah. This I, is one of the best mockumentaries out there, right? Like, two days. It was fun. That's what I was saying. Yeah. It was definitely extremely fun. Yeah. I won't, I'm not, that's why I say I won't shit talk the movie because it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, this guy, <laughs> the old dude that kind of plays. He doesn't even have any lines. Just no. Burp. It's like almost everything I've seen him in. Yeah. The the redneck who's got the fucking puppet and like I used to just list nuts that would bother my mom. I got the peanut, we got the walnut, we got the cashew nut. Yeah. The, like, I have other stuff on the list, but I want to play at least one game, so I'm gonna save them for next episode. Um um Next week. We're back. No, that's what I'm saying. Next week. So um maybe I'll let Loomer pick which one we play. I have a list of six games. Okay, hit me. Um quote that movie. Movie in a jar. Rotten Tomatoes game, top 10, tiering movies, or the actor movie card game? Um, let's do some movie in a jar. It's been a while since you've done Ooh. that one. Ooh. Grant, it's one of Grant's favorites, too. We we did a, um, a few episodes back. The uh, options, the, the picks were um, Haunted, or no, it was Ghost. Porn, murder, uh-huh. and we came up with a we came up with a with a feature. We ended up calling pornographier, <laughs> and it was yeah. about a snuff film. Yeah, where the snuff uh, an actual snuff film where the actress who gets snuffed comes back and starts haunting, murdering the pornographers. We considered we considered for a minute writing a treatment for it, yeah. and just like like. Like guerrilla styling, trying to shoot it ourselves, and then we thought about, like, I feel like shooting it, not difficult, but 
casting it very difficult because you can't have a snuff well horror have, film without having some nudity yeah. have, have you ever seen what's the Nicolas Cage movie uh where he's investigating a snuff film like a like eight eight millimeter no not eight millimeter that was one of them yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah. right I, I can't remember the name of the movie but I don't think they actually show any I don't think there's any actual nudity in the movie. I might be misremembering this, but like I saw it a long time ago. But Mm -hmm. he's investigating a um, daughter that's gone missing, and it turns into, oh, she was snuff filmed. And then he ends up, oops, I got two. Well, hold on to it just in case it's like, um, like I said, I'm waiting for this jar to finish off so we can have a bunch of people in the room to make new ones. Uh So. But there's because just because there's been some garbage ones in here. I already know which one I'm going to use because it's the weirdest one. Yeah, see, like the one I have is doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Do you want want my extra one? Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a comedy. Is that what you got? (laughs) Yeah. Is it just comedy? Just comedy. See that? See that's an okay one. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of like these. I got giraffes. Okay. Yeah. Yours is (laughs) yours is better than mine. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go with the one you just gave me, okay? Because the one I got was rough, which doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, A rough giraffe comedy. Rough giraffe. No, comedy. no, 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 no. We're not raunchy. doing that. I'm picturing no, no, yeah, raunchy. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, raunchy would <laughs> broken be broken lizard. Raunchy and, uh, would be acceptable. Um, no. Lots what we're gonna do? So you got giraffe and you got comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do a Jamaican giraffe comedy. All I can think is. Well, is, give it, give it, give it, give it to uh, Grant because he has to start us off since he did the intro. All right, so how it works. So, picture this: Cool Runnings meets <laughs> We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's all. That's all I got. Okay, Cool Both Runnings. Both loved we- movies. Yeah. Both of them should have had Kevin James in them. Okay. So no, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, actually, John opposite. Yeah, actually, do you think? Do you think we bought a zoo would have been better? Well, I mean, obviously, we all know the answer to this, but we bought a zoo would have been a lot better with John Candy than Kevin James. Well, yes, but it would be like also. Essentially, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> every, ta- every fat guy, every fat funny guy, would be better if it was uh, Chris Farley too. So. Well, yeah, that's not. A, yeah. Well, I guess neither of them are an option anymore, but. It yeah. could still be. Are, are we? Are we? They hold did, on, they hold did on, the uh, hologram with Tupac. We can. We can get. We can get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But uh, I'm assuming that we're pulling Matt Damon out of the role completely. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> were you thinking Matt Damon? <laughs> well, I, Matt Damon was. We bought a zoo. Wasn't was he? It? I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember that movie. I thought that was Kevin James. Or no, no, I no think he's it, the zookeeper. Zookeeper. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so, are we meeting? We bought a zoo or zookeeper? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> the first thing that popped my head. I thought Kevin James is the you know, no, okay, yeah, that's yeah, Matt it's, Damon. That's Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Um So the oh, what's the zookeeper <laughs> then? Let me let me search that real quick. We need this we need to really dig into bases here. The zookeeper that's Kevin James. That's Kevin James. Okay. Yeah. So meets the zookeeper then. <laughs> sure. Cool runnings meets the zookeeper. Um, I think either one of those movies are interchangeable for, so, for this bit. For this <laughs> okay. bit, all right, all right, all right, all right. I've never so, seen either one. But. So, 
Movie opens. We're in Jamaica. A Jamaican zoo. Mm-hmm. Heavy Jamaican zoo. And they have all your tropical things that you would typically see that are around the hemisphere. The Or the... Yeah. The, the zoo. The basics. Yeah, the basics. So you got monkeys. Monkeys are crazy and rampant there. We got some toucans and stuff like that. But then... Are all the animals smoking a joint? <laughs> Ooh, good question. Um, no. The monkeys are. Okay. The monkeys definitely we gotta are. Gotta have a couple of scenes where the monkeys steal the zookeeper's joints. So yeah, and that's why. Hey. That's why. That's what's because monkeys usually will steal drinks and, st- and wallets and stuff. <laughs> not at this zoo. They. You, that's the oh, part of the opening shot is like, oh yeah, they're hiding behind like the closures and like yeah. smoking. The monkey will go ha 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 and grab it and then ha 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 ha. And then cut to the elephant grabs a big thing of uh, bushes to eat and it's all weed plants and he carries exactly. it Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm already picturing this is a very Farley Brothers movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> um so we're going through the zoo. We're seeing a lot of this like slapstick stuff that <laughs> going on. We go into the giraffe enclosure. Mhm. And then we have the I think I think it needs to center around the main, not like the the, I mean it's not Kevin James who's the main. But can we go to uh? Let me see what's it. Cool we can. This is our own movie. Rice. We can pick yeah, whoever yeah. we think would fit best as a zookeeper. I mean I don't want to. Then I'm going Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle would Chappelle. be. I mean, it is a comedy. Um, I feel like this would. I would want this to be a. I think no. Zookeeper. You know no no. You know what. Um, you know how that there was like a point in time where um, Snoop Dogg was like, uh, uh, <laughs> did that, did reggae and stuff uh-huh. like yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. and he went to Jamaica and he visited all like the Roots Caribbean <laughs> and was like, go through and all the Marleys and stuff like that. I think we need to cast Root Snoop Dogg because he's cheaper. <laughs> Yeah, he'll yeah. do anything for five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he can pull off it. And he also has some content in there. So I think we may be able to pull off a song or two <laughs> uh, if we need to. So we go in and we we see Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg is the main Jamaican mm-hmm. zookeeper. I mean, Damien Marley and shit can be in there also. I don't I don't. I don't care he could be the assistant zookeeper but snoop dog is the main zookeeper that we're talking about and he has such a connection with these animals okay these giraffes it's it's the giraffe enclosure that's and, what i'm saying he's a giraffe con- specialist his connection is that he's the one that lights the 35 foot bong so that the uh <laughs> the giraffe can get a uh, can get a uh, you know big toke off of it at the top there is that yeah uh, no no that's that, that's actually he, scientifically correct well, i mean yeah I, I did all my research before <laughs> I <came> in. he created it <laughs> but i we hear because i mean it's a very low income um it's jamaica it's a very low income part of jamaica uh-huh. it's not a they're, they're gonna not shut getting down the zoo. They're, they're yeah they're about to shut down the zoo they can't mm. get it so they have to save the zoo um but there's a best in show giraffe, <laughs> <laughs> giraffe competition but would, <laughs> would you have that in the united states or would you have that in africa i think africa would it would turn, make more sense now? What well, here's the idea? What if it turns into more of um, an Operation Dumbo Drop? I was just going there myself. Were you? Yes. <laughs> Dennis Leary. It's Dennis yep. Leary, right? And he's yeah. like, we got So they yeah. got to get the. So the zoo's failing. Zoo's failing. They got to get the giraffe back to its homeland. 
And the only way they can afford to get all the other animals there is if it wins the giraffe competition. Giraffe competition. Yeah. Like with In giraffe Africa. jumping. Like, is it is it like a jockey on the giraffe? And that's <laughs> yeah. Snoop. Like, I'm, bullshit. I'm, yeah. No, I'm picturing one of like. We're going to ride yeah. this giraffe and we're going to win. Yeah. I'm picturing. <laughs> I'm picturing one of the, um, like, the, the judges, like. <laughs> on a ladder, checking the teeth of the driver. <laughs> like, 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 all right, do a lap. <laughs> like a Fred Willard up there on a on a yeah, step ladder, yeah. like on a ten it. foot ladder. No, no, it's not a step ladder. No, no, no like not a step foot, ladder. Yeah, it's like a ten foot ladder. He's like, all right, do a lap, <laughs> and then and then the uh, the the like the second place judge is on the shorter ladder, like picking up its tail, like <laughs> yeah, 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 looks pretty good. Yeah, pretty there we good. go. If we're going full Farley Brothers, yeah. he's going like elbow deep into the giraffe's anus and then pulling it out and then being like, prostate's good. Yeah, yeah, everything's good. <laughs> gives, it, gives it a sniff, like that's a good year, right? That's there. a very good year. He goes through. You yeah. would feed this graph some high quality hay. <laughs> yeah. So so they're in Jamaica, so they got it in. So the, the the idea is to just they have the best giraffes there. They know it. They gotta get them to South Africa to join this legendary competition. This uh this best in show giraffe awards, where the grand prize is a hundred thousand dollars. Which is enough money to save all the rest of the, the zoo. zoo. Yep. They can save the zoo <laughs> yeah, yeah. and bring it home. And um, okay, so it's a little bit of free willy. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yes, of, uh... yes, yes. Um, protagonist. One thing we're missing is protagonist. Antagonist. Antagonist. That's Antagonist. what I mean. Yeah. Antagonist. Oh, it's got to be the the greedy developer that wants the Zooland to build a uh, you know a, 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 an all encompassing resort. If this is In like Russia. Well, well, if this is a <laughs> Jamaica, if this is a Jamaica, no, no, because this Jamaica is a, this Africa is team movie, Jamaica, though, but I, I... if this is a Jamaica Africa movie, the antagonist has to be a white guy. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, it so has it's to a, be a white guy. It's a Russian white guy that's trying to make it. But all do we want do we want funny yeah. white guy or serious white guy? Because like I can see Will Ferrell doing bad guy, but funny bad guy. You know? Can we have like, Will? We need uh, giraffe meat. Can we have like yeah, Will Farrow bad guy, but I want him to be like um I want him to be Eurovision Will Farrell. But bad guy. I don't know if I've seen Eurovision. You haven't seen Eurovision? Uh-uh. No, no, pull that up. Oh I don't know if I've seen Eurovision. No, you have got it, the only see. Will Farrell. I was pretty I was, pre- I was thinking Mogatu. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. That is good. Um he's not a bad guy in Eurovision, but I think Oh, hold on. If he's doing like some like Eastern European accent. Um. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen Eurovision Song Contest. No. Oh, this. No, no, no. I, 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 I know of this. Ever I've never actually we seen children, it. Had one dream. Oh. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. Hold on, I need to like. It got kind of lukewarm reception, didn't it? I've never heard of it, so I would say yes. I heard of it, and then once okay, it came out. It I did. Knew. It definitely got lukewarm reception. Mm-hmm. Jackie and I watched it, and we're like, "This, like, it's definitely like a spoof movie." But yeah. it's like, Jackie and I watched it, and we're like, "This is amazing!" 
Like, why do more people not love this like, movie? Like, Blades of Glory amazing? No, yeah. no, better. Way better than Blades Ooh. of Glory. To be fair, a lot of Will Ferrell movies have gotten, like, the shit end of the stick. Like This I, one got the shit end of the stick. I, I would put this up with Step Brothers and stuff I, like that. I love uh, Land of the Lost. I've never or, seen yeah, it. You're the, you're the one guy. No, I know, and that's it. Like, I've I've read the letterbox. Everyone fucking hates it. I think it's a pretty... It's an entertaining movie. Winning. And it's got some good laughs. I'll take your word for it on that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a to eat your own. (laughs) We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear Eurovision song? All of Iceland thinks we are a joke. That's not true. And my father is ashamed of me. No, he's not. He looked me into the eyes and said, I am ashamed of you. <laughs> 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 he was brassic. You might think that I'm drunk, but I am dead sober. Idiot. Officially, Fire Saga will be representing Iceland at Eurovision this year. I hate them. Absolutely terrible. They're old. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> but we have no choice. Oh, was that a uh, no ho Hank? In. That was in yep. the crowd there. <laughs> yeah, who's that? Big people. Forty-two countries, hundreds of performers, and a worldwide like audience of one hundred and eighty yeah. million. <laughs> this is Eurovision. Wow! You have to watch that guy. He is a sex player. Hey, looking good. <laughs> Secret, very beautiful voice. Thank you. We are a duo that will never be separated. George Michael said something about other wham guy. No one even knows his name. Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> it's pretty. We need to win. It's pretty fantastic. I just want my ding dong to look bigger than what is really there. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Do a classic camel. It's never out of style. <laughs> <laughs> I have to prove to Iceland and my extremely handsome father that my life hasn't been a waste. I ruined it for both of us. Lars, you are a dreamer. My dreamer. We can't. Really? Romance, it ruins the bands. Fleetwood Mac, Ace of Base, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, you've are not giving up. Tonight is our night. They, like, they, like, make this beautiful song to, like, do this, and they win, like, Eurovision. And they still go back to their local bar. And they're like, do you guys want us to play Eurovision song? And they're like, no! Play! Because they have this song that's like, yeah, yeah, ding oh, it's dong. Like, it's like their flock of seagulls. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, play, yeah, yeah, ding dong. Because <laughs> flock of seagulls, that's all they have. And they hate playing Iran. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, this movie's so funny. <laughs> Dude, all right. so oh, you've given me so much movie homework. This it's not homework if it's fun. That's true. No, it is. And so I got a lot of time on my hands. Watch, <laughs> uh, watch Eurovision Song Contest because it got so much negative press. But like Jackie and I have watched it a couple times. And we're like, I love this movie. It's so fun. And the giraffe shows up at the no, Eurovision. That's what I say. So here, we have to kill this so giraffe. That, that's the big difference. Is like. Our giraffe yeah, must yeah. win. In Eurovision Song Contest, mm-hmm. he's a loving character. You love him. You want to root for him. I just want to take him in his character and his accent, but turn him into a villain. Okay. He shows up 
as the Icelandic giraffe owner. Like he's just. You will never beat my giraffe. You will never beat my giraffe. My giraffe is the best. Every time they show the giraffe, my giraffe is the best. Yes. Like, 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 uh, uh, arrogant little, yes. like, like head flips. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's your giraffe. The, the giraffe has to have its own, like, manicurist too that, like, puts its glasses on for Yes, it. exactly. It's got those Kanye West, yeah, like, that's, slick glasses. That's your giraffe. Oh, his penile is mediocre. <laughs> it doesn't even come close. <laughs> Look at his spots. They're so, so asymmetrical. <laughs> Not even good. <laughs> Icelandic giraffes. <laughs> Are primed, <laughs> you right, know. Right. So that's what I think, and I think it's. A, a and then whole. we settled on Snoop Dogg as the Snoop Dogg is the one running Jamaica. He's the right. giraffe owner. <laughs> the one running Jamaica. It's like yeah, yeah well, the he's the the zookeeper of the giraffe enclosure that's running the giraffe in there. So he's like, oh, I, yeah, I, man, boom. <laughs> I, um, I, 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 I don't know how to do Snoop Dogg with a Jamaican. I was just trying to figure that out. No, do, know, do, your, do your best Snoop no, Dogg. It was like, Let's hold on. No, Snoop Dogg with Jamaican is like, what, what What was his name when he was doing? Uh, oh, he was like, oh, I am a Snoop Dogg of Zion. Giraffe <laughs> <laughs> and closer specialist. I would say I'd also open up protagonist role to Eddie Murphy. I feel like Eddie Murphy's already worked with animals, and he's got some. He's got good voices. So, so he well, could, he's got to play at least two characters in the movie, though. Oh well, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, he's he's playing multiple people. Does the giraffe so, talk? Is the question. So as <laughs> no, 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 can he be the giraffe? No, 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 So I, I think is Eddie Murphy in like, giraffe face? No, Eddie Murphy. That's the direction that's you give Eddie Murphy. Is <laughs> that's species. Listen, Eddie Murphy, you're Icelandic. You have a giraffe. Just use Will Farrow as your reference point. <laughs> and Will was good. unavailable, but Will... you have plenty of time on your hands. Exactly. Like all the rest of us during the writer's strike. Exactly. Okay. So, um, do they save the zoo? We'll find out. Um, and to find out, you gotta, you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta call. You gotta watch our. What, what's the name of the pitch. movie? What's the name of the oh, movie? Man. Oh, man. Operation uh, Draft Drop. No, that's too on the nose. I think it's uh, um, something like uh, you're Jamaican me giraffe. You're Jamaican me. You're Jamaican me angry. You're Jamaican me something like that. In the neck of time. Oh, in the neck of time. I like that. I yeah, like that. Right, I think I'm, I think that's what we're gonna go with. I think that's the, the name of the episode, right? <laughs> in the neck of time. <laughs> yeah, I need to move this. <laughs> that's the name of the episode. In the neck of time. Yeah, write that down. Don't forget that. That's gold. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's gold, but it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to buy this movie, go ahead and contact us at Failing Hollywood at gmail.com or fairlyhollywoodpodcast at gmail.com I gotta be and remember specific. AMPTP we're not in the WGA so feel free to pick us up we are selling it for 1.5 plus <laughs> options that's right yeah, yeah we are not in there so we're willing to sell this uh, we will sell it to you we will give you the ending it's gonna be absolutely fantastic yeah we'll, we'll scab the hell us. out of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean um, we're non-union so this uh, shit's so good say. you're gonna you're gonna wait for us and sign us into WGA just to get this piece All- also, should we plug since at the end? Uh, the phone number is 805 669 7556. 
So call us with your best and what is it? Best uh, movie dialogue contest. Give us your best impression from a movie, and you could win dollar signs. No, no, you no. We've <laughs> we've reestablished that you could win prop memorabilia, or prop memorabilia, or or uh, prop T-shirts, swag. swag, show swag, show swag. Yeah. <laughs> exclusive show swag. I'm sure you guys both have just shit tons of show swag. We're no, like, I, I will. I will this. do one per episode. So I will let go of the prop hoodie that I have. Uh, obviously not next episode because we want to build it up. So we'll. I'm gonna wait until we have at least. Should I say ten? Yeah. Should we have ten going? Yeah, I, I mean, we should go it, at 10? if one person calls and they're the only one, like it's me, Christopher Walken. No, no, no. I'm gonna build up. So when we have ten <laughs> panelists, I will do that, and then after that, every for every ten, we'll give a new piece of show swag, and we'll decide on episode. So the number we will again, decide on episode 805-669-7556. Remember that's that right. 805-669-7556. That's right. So <laughs> yes. yeah, do that. Uh, you can email us if you want to at Failing Hollywood uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we are also part of the Inner Circle Podcast Network. Inner Circle. That's right. Which is, I mean, a bunch of awesome shows with us, such as my brother's show, The Plunge Podcast. Shit happens when you party naked. Grant, can you figure the abusive stepdad? Uh, angry. Oh, angry, angry dad. dad uh, okay, well, close, close. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be. He's angry. He's not abusive. I want to <laughs> watch. I want to listen to the abusive stepdad be like, "Listen, my 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 wife's son really fucking acting up, so I had to backhand him." Yeah, <laughs> I miss um, Jackie's game show. Oh, uh, the game show. Yeah, yeah. We got to tell her to keep going on that, but that that she game, game show, show. I know she's a little busy right now. <laughs> we, we yeah we gave out. I think we had like eight episodes of a game show. You had a game did. show. I we had a game yeah. show. Yeah, there's a what was it called? The uh, abusive stepdad. No, <laughs> winner circle. Winner circle is what it was called. We had uh, like eight episodes of it, and it was a trivia game show. Oh, um, right. But it took a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It took hours to put one of those yeah. episodes together. <laughs> it, that was, it seemed like it, but it yeah. was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, was, it took a long time. So yeah, there was a, so check out past episodes of the Winter Circle. <laughs> That's the Inner Circle podcast stream. Um, you can also check out Creatures of the Night, Simmons and Moore podcast, The Untrained Eye, The Hood Diner. Uh, shit happens when you party naked. Um, yeah, I think I covered them all. So yeah, go over to innercirclepn.com. You check out all those shows. You can find us at Instagram at Failing Hollywood. We're on Facebook at Failing Hollywood. Also, do you guys have you want to plug anything? Duh, I'm on Instagram as Pirate King eighty six. Pirate King eighty six. Pir- check out my my shark pics. Yeah, I mean we got a painting. See that painting behind you? Mm. That's a Grant original right there. Very nice. Yeah, he's a good painter. <laughs> Very nice. I'm on MySpace at Mike Loomer forty six thirty two. What's your what's your uh your your theme song? Yeah, I was gonna say what your, what's your, your bass song? Don't stop believing. <laughs> oh, we have to pay for rights on that one because yeah, no. I sung it so good. Yeah, Not probably we'll probably definitely have to pay for rights. <laughs> yeah, so check check us out on all the things. Until next week.